Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons, everyone. It's a new year, and our first episode of 2022 is going to look a lot like the following content. So stick around and see how we do. Uh, it's Saturday, January 15th, 2022. Uh, and it's me, uh, Bo, John, Kristen, Kyle, here to play D&D in front of you and for you. Also, we're brought to you in part by phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Go get your hands on some rad teas based on our campaign and do it today. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And now, without any further interruption, we pass it over to Kristen, who will catch us up about what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, the first foray was to be on a perilous planet. Until the rascals remembered Angela Ashy's ask to pass to Planet Nash. And so they dared to the dong, that spatial spear, that rocky rod. And what proceeded in this place was a cabinet of cantankerous Nashes. It was a messy masterpiece of asking for answers for questions that couldn't even be conceived. Finally, before departure, Hope and Nash were reunited with Tedna and Pod. Now rejoin our heroes as they finally find their way to the premier planet plus one to their party. What will they witness? Is badass T as badass as he bleats? And how many drinks did Stanley end up owing Hope? Stay tuned for the continuing conundrums and perilous pursuits of space. Right, we're back in your hands, Bo. Take it away. Nash Magger to the Solar Mines, Varel Rasveem Curek, Stanley Billings, and Hope Akmenos, Queen Hope Akmenos, mm -hmm. find themselves on the second floor of the Tower of Nash. Standing before them is Badass T, gas mask strapped to the lower half of his face. Pod, the pixie, and Roger, her pixie husband, are floating around. And with you as well is... Angelashi, Nash's wife, as well as their four children being carried in various forms. Pipe, Boot, Fork, and Nash Jr., uh, who's not in a form, but in a baby form, yeah. if you will. <laughs> uh, this room is a, it's a large circular room. There are exits for stairs going up and down on either side. There's a little area where Bad ST uh, you know, keeps a love seat and some minor items. And then there's a little toy dollhouse for the pixies on the right. And when we left off the last time we played, Angelashi asked the million-dollar question, how did he get here then? Referring to Badass T being from some other world where him and his hope died and, and, and all the heroes died, really, and he was left and brought here. Who does he ask that? Or who does she ask? Me? She just asks the group, like, you know, you're you're standing sort of in a circle having a conversation, and she asks that question. Um, Nash will shrug, because he doesn't remember. Right. And so from your recollection, you never actually found out where Badass T was. You first met him. Uh, he escorted you out of the lair of Tabacho Fleur. In sigil, 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 <laughs> in sigil, in the hive. Um, uh, upon leaving, uh, he guided you out um, to uh, an airship that was going to take you out. Well, the first there was a portal, then there was an airship, 
and then he brought you to Planet Nash, and then you guys uh, teleported back home, I believe, from there. So you never actually talked to him, found out where he came from or why he exists. But you, you do, ha- you did have a sense that he came from a different time. Okay. Different because your Tedna is dead. Remember, badass T right. is some older version of Tedna that's somehow very murderous. He stabbed a guy in the neck over nothing and sing, sit, sit, sit. <laughs> single. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I, Nash would be tempted to explain time barf as far as he understands it, but he also is very bad at that. So he would just sort of say, "Ah, the time barf. Who knows." Where everyone comes from. There's probably another version of you somewhere, but in that version, in that history, you got a mustache or something. I'll say to my wife. So um, she looks at you and she goes, Time barf, huh? We've had this conversation before, Nash. Um, Now, you do, last week, just to refresh everyone's memory, part of coming up here, or there was a line of inquiry that you guys were looking into about summoning more Nashes to help with your battle on Earth. That's that's where we left off was you were trying to see if you could make that happen and trying to figure that out. So that's where the question of badass T, where does he come from, was relevant, right? If he came from a different timeline, maybe we could get uh, Varel's idea, I believe, was to get Nashes from different timelines to come help with the coming battle. Cool. Well, then, then let's just do it, and, I, and I'll go badass T. Yes, Varel. How did you get here? His eyes, his his eyes grow wide in, in apprehension. He goes, "Um, Nash brought me here. I think I'm vaguely on the details. We Which should one? ask him. But I don't think you're gonna like it. Which Nash? Tar Tar Nash." Unless this Very Nash well. knows. Uh, yes. And I turn around immediately and start heading down to Tower Nash. Okay, Varel's on his <laughs> way. Uh, I assume the rest of the party looks at each other and follows and goes, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, Stanley's got a reel. He's distracted, but definitely just kind of following the, the group at this point. All right, so um, the procession. Minus, uh, Pod screams out, bye, Nash! Please come back and visit! And then her and Roger go back to their house. Okay. Um, and then you, uh, the rest of the party begins walking back down the stairs to the main Tower Nash room. So again, this is the first floor of the tower. It's a large room. There's eight dioceses and a large stone carving of your face in the wall. And um, he appears to be in the middle of a conversation. So as you go down and enter into the room... You see two fi- two figures standing before his face, shouting at him. One of them is a Tungan. You know, a Tungan is a a meatball shaped furry guy with one eyeball, large tongue, and little stick hands and legs. And he's going Tunga, 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 Tunga. And the other one is a um, you know six foot tall, uh, fit blue man, a man entirely of blue that has gills running. It looks humanoid, has a face, and has gills running down his side. And he says. Nash Magard, you appointed me as manager of Varel Sandburgers, not Tunga over here. And then Tunga points at him and goes, Tunga, 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 Tunga. And he's like, that's offensive, says the blue man. And you sort of cap- capture them in the middle of this argument. 
and, and then Nash is uh, looking at them and like rolling his eyes. He's like, oh. Tower Nash, that is. Yeah, Tower Nash. Did you in, you interrupt or do you let it continue? I'd like to hear it out, but that's just Nash. Okay, so um, they continue uh, de- uh, deliberating a little bit, and then Nash looks over and sees you guys. Tower Nash, that is. Uh, oh, thank God you're here. Uh, guys, I'm a little busy. We have guests. Um, unless, Nash, maybe you have some thoughts on how to solve this. So hold on. What's the core? What's the what's the main conflict here? Um, well, you see, um, so after in my time, you know, Stanley, Hope, Varel, not to depress anyone, but they're no longer here. So I decided to build things to commemorate them on this planet here in space. Mm. And uh, for Stanley, I built the starport. And uh, for, for Hope, I built the gymnasium because she likes to work out and stuff. I couldn't really build a garage, Hope. I'm sorry. So it was the next best thing. And um, Varel really likes food, and he likes running the Golden Sands. So I decided I'd celebrate him by opening a burger business, <laughs> a sand burger business. Uh-huh. So it's 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 hamburger and sand. I think that's what he eats. And, um, well, I didn't realize erecting a business required management. So now I've got this business to manage. And... Um, and, and well, these two here, both of them seem to think I left them both in charge. And truth is, I can't remember which one I left in charge. So I was hoping they'd just co-manage it together and get along. He sort of looks at them and... I don't got time for this, he says. <laughs> All right, well, Nash would not really know what to add that would help him other than... I'd say, well, I guess pick one and say you're in charge. And then be done with it. Oh, and then 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 the, the blue man looks to you, Varel, and says, "Oh, oh, forgive me. I didn't notice you were here, Varel. Tunga, look, it is uh, our our brand mascot is here in the flesh." And they they both approach you excitedly, and they say, "Varel, please come to the Sandburger um, factory and sample of our food made in your name." I have sanctioned no such burgers. However, if your disagreement lies with skill, I suggest what is known on Earth as a cook-off. Oh, we're going to be here for a while then. This is good. <laughs> so, so so, the blue man with gills um, looks to the, looks to like the tongue and, and the tongue and looks up to him and they both have this moment where they look at each other and they both immediately speed off. We'll be back post-haste with burgers for you to try. No, and I will witness the cooking of these burgers in your post-haste. I will be there shortly. For now, I must inquire with the Nash that is a wall as to how he teleports people between worlds. Okay, and the Tungan and the Blue Man begin bowing. We will make preparations right away. Tunga, 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 Tunga! And then they both exit. Tower Nash. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taken aback by your casual nature to my addressing you. <laughs> <laughs> How did badass T get here? Oh. Oh. Um He well, said we wouldn't like the answer and I'm prepared to dislike it. Yeah, I we stole the words right out of my mouth. You, you guys are not going to like the answer to this. 
begin? Uh, well, there's a guy, and he's kind of weird-looking guy, and um, he helped me uh, with some some of this stuff. And um, well, I just he, he's he's got the kind of attitude that we're not going to really like, like. Uh, Anyways, he's this guy. He works for this. He's got this boss who works uh, who in, in in the field of time. I can't remember uh, t- time something. He does a time thing, and um, he helped me channel my power of the to my tower power and um, bring uh, badass tea here. It was his idea, really. Um, yeah, so. So we could, I could call him, I guess, and ask him. You want to do that? Who is he? Um, shit. I don't remember his name. <laughs> it's good to but know. He's, he's this guy. It's good to yeah. know Wall Mash is as good as regular Nash at remembering <laughs> anything. But I can call him. I, I, at the top of the tower, I got a light, and I just flash my light, and then he'll 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 arrive. We made that deal. I haven't used it in like I don't know, decade or so, maybe. I don't know how long how long has Bad ST been here. I refuse to go upstairs again. <laughs> oh no, you don't have to go upstairs. I can flash it from down here. I've got I full control of this tower. <laughs> Badass T, but all the same. Does his name start with time and end with master? I have no patience yep. for masters. I don't think so. Very well. Summon him forth, and I will go observe the cooking of these sand burgers. Okay, no, 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 wait a second. And and the tower <laughs> seems to shake as almost as if he settles into some like light flashing position. And then Nash goes, uh huh, uh huh. He just he's closed his eyes and his, his stone face is shaking on the wall. He goes, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh, on the wall. Okay, it's done there. Varel, it's done. We got it. I flashed the light. <laughs> now, if it's all the same to you, I don't really want to see him again unless I have to. So maybe you should meet him outside. Tell him to meet me at the Sandburger competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will do. Uh, d- uh, yeah, consider it done, Varel. I leave. Right. Um, so you leave and the, the rest of the party again follows along and you make it outside the tower and the view from outside the tower is once you, there's a, you know, a, a gate in the shape of a skull, like a stone skull over the door, castle gray skull style, if you will, um, over the door and it moves out into a pathway to the uh, spaceport where you can see your ship, um, docked and, you know, to the left is a large building. To the right are these large tar pits with you can kind of see the heads of maybe these large dinosaur-like creatures out in the distance. And um, there is a factory to the left of the tower that is, you know, two floors and has smokestacks coming out of it. But as you walk out, so the sky is not sky, it's space, right? It's just night, terminal night. You're on. You're not on a planet, per se. You're on a, you know, meteorite or meteor. Um so in space, you see like this shining light of white and then a streamer of white light start growing across the sky. And then within, it's, you know, very quick. It's just, 
and that streamer of light begins turning towards planet Nash and moves back and forth. And on it, you see, as it gets closer, you see a figure with a billowing robe riding aboard a surfboard. And then it gets, within seconds, it just approaches. Before you even get to the, the Sandburger joint, you, you, you know, you... you it stops everyone in his tracks, and this man upon a surfboard f- floats in. And as he gets closer, you see he's got green skin with lots of this speckled blackness, and his ears are like pointy, and he has this sort of this mop of hair on it. A very strange, unusual face. Um, if you need to imagine something, imagine a githzerai. And he floats in on uh, a surfboard made of white light. And then it, before you know it, he's right in front of you, floating. And he gracefully, the, the surfboard poofs out of existence, and then he floats down onto the ground. And he's this man with these sort of robes, but not like a, a mage robe. It's more like it's pinned in the middle. It doesn't have a hood on it. And he's like, he's like, uh, he, get, he gets off of the surfboard, and he looks around, and he goes, Hey, man, how's it going? Well... Y'all summoned me, right? That's yes. groovy. Real groovy. Hmm. You All brought... Right, well... Yep. <laughs> Sorry, let you oh. speak. Sorry. <laughs> As you sort of... Teach this world. Yeah. As you sort of do that, he, he has um, like a fanny pack that's rather large in his front. Um, and he, uh, he zips it open, and he takes out an orange, and he zips it, and he starts peeling... You guys want an orange, man? Oh, pungent. Oranges <laughs> are good for you. <laughs> Nash, can I interest you in an orange? Uh, yeah, is it real? Like a real orange? Not real as a baby's bottom. Here you go. And he opens up his fanny pack and hand, takes out a, a an orange and he hands it to you. All right, I'll take it and feverishly tear the skin off the the rind, stuff that in my pocket because I keep those, you know, the peelings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, hork down that orange, and then I, I offer some. I offer uh, like half of it to my wife because she's still there, right? Yeah, she's coming out to see what's going on for sure. Yeah, I'd give her that. Um, so she, he arrives, and so he walks up towards the tower, and, and as he's eating his orange, he just leans like cool, like on the on the side of the tower, and he's eating his orange, and he's like. Ah, uh, it's uh, it's great to see you guys, man. How are you guys? Uh, how's it hanging? You hanging in there? Things going well here? He speaks with the familiarity as if he's met you before. Hmm. I look about us. Stanley's the only one capable of hanging. He will address this. <laughs> um. Well, right, I, right, I, right. actually, I don't have any idea who this is, despite uh, some familiarity. It seems with us. Oh, oh, wait. Is this an onboarding? Oh, okay. Um, sorry. And he wipes the oranges from his, his hands and throws the peelings on the ground. And he goes, all right, everyone. Um, I'm Zolfin Saul. I'm, um, I'm the Herald of Time for the great Lord Kronos. I saw the flicker i knew i was wanted here so i thought i would come and see what you guys needed how but you're you're right the tower he's sort of doing some math in his head 
he would have been here, and then you're there. Yeah, so you're new to all this. Is that right? Uh, new to you, yes. Uh, some of this. Well, yeah, I am um, what you would say uh, a, a being of a plural nature. Um, not quite a deity, but not a mortal either. Uh, I'm here to help you. With the little problem you got with the too many gnashes. That's definitely one of the problems we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to explain. I don't know how much time you have. Uh, and knowing you guys, you're not big on the details of the explanation necessarily, or maybe... Well, if, if... how about we just start with... How is it that Badass T came to be here? Right. And he looks over. I remember you. Yeah, yeah, man. So, listen. Uh, yeah, this this is a weird one. So, if I... You guys were in Sigil. You're the ones that were in Sigil, right? We spent uh, some time there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Real, real unusual. Real unusual for you guys. Hmm. Uh, I need to think. And then he he put the, pulls out from his fanny pack. He pulls out uh, some this leafy substance and he puts it in a rolling paper and he begins rolling it up. And he goes, "Yeah, I really need to think about this one." And then um, after he, he sort of rolls it up, he licks it. He you know does it. And then he he said puts a flame onto his finger. He goes, Whoosh, and he begins lighting up his. Nash knows his who this joint. is. Nash knows. What's that? Nash knows this man. Lights up. And he goes, "All right, so you you guys were in Sigil, man, and um, that was real unusual. So uh, I had to think of something to bring you back. So I found um, a Tedna that you know, Tedna. No offense, but you're really attached to hopes, and so." It, this seemed like a, a good person to put in charge of the project. So I worked with um, Tower Nash here to bring you a Tedna. How has he been working out for you guys? Well, not great. He's a bit on the murderous side in addition to being... Stanley turns and looks at him. No offense. A little weird overall. Uh, you know... Uh... You gotta eat. Don't look a gift tender in the mouth. <laughs> he laughs. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, it was, you know, we're, we're doing the best that we can here with the crisis that's happening, you know, the end of time and all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so listen, um, you guys have probably learned in some various degrees that time uh, isn't this linear string that mortals sort of consider, man, like, oh, if I just travel back and forth on this linear path, like, uh, uh, you know, then I, I'm somewhere. It's this ever-evolving uh, plurality that's constantly existing. And, um, well, it's all coming to an end, guys. I hate to tell you, but Father Kronos is sick. You know, the god of time, time itself. It's, it's all coming to an end, man. And it's all all because of because of um, what's going on 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 your your little planet there, Verse. 
and we can't figure it out. Uh, uh, I, I am a doctor, and, and <laughs> he self uh, prescribes himself <laughs> weed, apparently. But yeah, <laughs> I am a doctor, and I don't know why him saying I'm a doctor is the <laughs> least surprising thing that's happened here today. <laughs> But not like, uh, it's just the word in your language that I'm using, but, you know, Kronos is sick. Time itself is, is coming to a collapse, man, and and I can't, I can't fix it. So, not to put a lot of pressure on you guys, but you're kind of our only hope, man. So, uh, what do I do? I, I go around and, and I find you, and I try to help you the best that I can, and... and Maybe one of you will get it right. Maybe this is the one. I don't know. We're running out of rope. Pretty soon, all creation's going to be sucked up into the mist of the void, and, and, and it's over. Kapoof, life, everything itself, all gone. Oh, oh, I've got terrible anxiety now. Oh. How many parallel versions of us have you talked to or do you work oh, with? Listen, um, it's real hard for mortals to hear some of this stuff because then they don't feel special anymore and, and it really affects their morale. So I, I don't know how much you want to know, man. I don't I don't prescribe it. As Let's just say billions upon billions. And that's just a small conservative figure. I, I don't know if there's words to comprehend the sheer volume of time and plurality and adjacency that exists, man. It's real heavy stuff. But... You guys uh, flickered. Uh, you, so is this just an onboarding for the Heroes of the Wastes here, man? Because um, I can explain adjacency. Uh, I can explain how this all came to be. Uh, you guys probably want some information on that front. Oh, well, really what we're looking for is a means with which to bring other Nashes all together to our world at the same time. Whoa. His eyes go wide. Whoa, that's a groovy idea, man. You want to bring all the Nashes here? Yes. Want is a strong word. That also, yes. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. The entity you call Nash, we kind of treat like... You know, it's... What would be a good analogy for your world? Like uranium or something? Like, or... or precious glass or something like it's really dangerous having a lot of gnashes in one place I guess is what I'm trying to say but how many gnashes are you thinking well how many are there is it infinite it's infinite sure but I can't bring infinite over man I'm not all powerful like I'm a herald I'm not a god well how a couple hundred of them like 200 Nashes. You want 200 Nashes. I mean, that's kind of arbitrary, but it's better than just me and the wall. What What if it's the Nashes that already failed, so that in case another one succeeds, they still have a chance? Oh, yeah, and they could learn something from their failures. This is a good point, Hope. Oh, that's, uh, that's a... Hey, he looks at you. That's He looks at you, uh, Hope, and he goes... Well, that's different, man. And he, he, his eye, like he's he's clearly on drugs at this point, and he's sort of behaving a little erratically. And he, he leans over, and he, he looks at your hand, and he goes, Oh, hello there. What are you up to? 
Popal will change it into what the hand looks like for him. And and, and as you do that, um, the, 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 the figure appears with the hood over the face behind him. And uh, headphones off for everyone else because this is secret hope stuff. Okay. This one is powerful. We will tame him later. For now, we buy our time. Send him. Follow where he sends us. You are on the right path. Do you have anything you want to say, or? No, hope we'll just look at him All right. and no. then look back down at the right. druggy, <laughs> the Herald of Time. He goes, so, uh, what's he up to? He looks up from your hand to you and he goes, it's a a fun little character, that one. Wait, do you know who he is? (laughs) Do I know who he is? Who doesn't know who he is, man? Who is he? Oh, he's the Lord of Secrets. His name shall not be said for there is fear it will invoke even his power. All I can tell you, man, is that he was a great, great wizard and lord of times past. A mortal man. The only mortal man to ascend to godhood. But like any god, he has his weaknesses, man. Like the Kronos, he's got this weakness for what it is that's happening here, and he's dying, man. And if Kronos dies, and all of time dies, and there's no creation. But your little guy there, well, his weakness is his own avarice, man. He loves, he wants to control everything. And when you control everything, man, you control nothing. What if you controlled everything in the universe, man? Then then there would be no control. It would cease to exist. You know what I'm saying? Because you control everything. There'd be no f- counterforce against it. You would just blink out of existence. I'm just going to look over at Stanley and like hold up a, her hand in a drinking motion <laughs> and then look back down at this guy. <laughs> I grow weary of your prattling and scent-based attacks. Yep. I'm going to go sample <laughs> burgers. You may join should you wish. Well, didn't you want... Uh, yeah, oh man, I'm real hungry right now. Can I join you for the burgers? Yes. That'd be great. Oh, groovy. All right, let's do this. <laughs> and he, he begins walking uh, in his sort of robe. Like, he's got like a loincloth, right? And then the robe and then like, his chest. You know, think kind of like maybe a bit of the dude from... But a Gitzerai version of Jeff Bridges. And he he follows you along to the to the factory. Uh, is everyone else going to the burger factory? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. May as well. Nothing else to do on Planet Nash that I know of. All right. So you walk. Um, it's a very like, you know, looks like some burnt out Detroit building. Sorry, Detroit. You know, like the, the factory is not special looking in any way. It's just some some crusty building and um, with two smokestacks in it. And you walk in, and as you enter in, you see there's a whole bunch of Tungans uh, working on a factory line right inside. There's no foyer, no nothing. You just open a door, and bam, there's the, there are these machines, and it's like this giant m- machine full of meat and a machine full of sand, and it's going, blinking, 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 and then, like, 
the the the, the meat patty gets put on a conveyor belt, and then it moves down the conveyor belt, and then the taste tester Tungan goes, and then tastes it, and then moves along, and then yeah. it goes into a shaping thing. It's like Attack of the Clone Wars or whatever, like a machine, big conveyor belt sort of area, and um, and uh, Tungan looks up to you. Uh, he's got a little hat on, and it, you know. Uh, Tunga, 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 he motions to you, Varel, to follow. So the party follows towards the back, and in the back there is more of a showroom kitchen, and you see both the blue um, man with fish gills, who will just, to make it easier to describe him, we'll call a Triton, and um, and a the other Tungan, both in chef hats, both with a white <laughs> you know, chef coat on, um, and with uh, all the per- peripherals uh, ready, for the cook-off competition to begin in front of them. You know, forks, knives, uh, bowls, silver bowls, uh, things of that nature. There's a, there's ovens and stoves and everything you'd imagine in, like, uh, some sort of more corporate office kitchen where this kind of thing gets made. Oh, look, he's arrived. Um, Pharrell, may we begin to, to, to make our burgers and show you which one is the best sand burger of the two of us. Tunga, 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 tunga begin and i will take a seat i'll sit right on the floor okay I'll sit right on the floor um and they flurry they begin you know uh taking uh essentially there's just a chunk of meat and a chunk of sand and then there's little garnishes and they both basically make burger patties one for everyone and they sprinkle sand into it and they start mushing it again and sprinkle sand oh. um <laughs> they're making sand burgers and uh, <laughs> that reaction even Nash, even Nash is not going to be he's going to be put off by sand in your burger oh my gosh it's so gross right and so um, the Triton takes this like sort of octopus looking thing and puts it down takes a clear and goes ka-ching, 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 and starts cutting it up into little slices and he also works that into it whereas the Tungan uh, he takes out um, what looks to be like um, just this pate a sort of pate of, of some unknown meat. It's like just a, a, an indistinct can, and he plops it out, and he begins smushing it, and he smushes the pate into the hamburger and sand meat, and then they both sort of sprinkle these spices on them, and they put them on the grill, and a few minutes goes by, and they're, they're sort of like like these quick cuts of them like grilling, looking at each other, sweating, Varel with his arms crossed, <laughs> everyone watching it, and then eventually it gets done, they start plating, and both of them use a um, a bread to for the bun, and they ask, "What's uh, what sort of toppings would you like?" Tunga, 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 tunga. All of them. Okay, so <laughs> for the Varela hamburger, uh, you get mustard, relish, ketchup, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers. All kinds of all kinds of vegetable things are going on in your hamburger, um, and we'll, just to make this quick, uh, they ask everyone what their preferences are, which you can just make up when you when you eat it if it comes up. Uh, they assemble the hamburgers and then they distribute them onto plates, one for each person, and there's like a little name under the burger to whom the burger belongs to, and a plate. Some other Tungan servants come in and distribute the plates to everyone, and. Um, and, and then they wait for you to to try the burger. Go on now. Tell us who has the best burger. All right. I will try the Tungan's burger first. All right. The Tungan's burger is um, 
it would be best described by the major food critics as cat food mixed with hamburger and sand <laughs> That's with, with the rest of the hamburger toppings on it. Okay. Is there the sand? As yeah. a lizard folk, naturally, my prey ends up rolling in the sand in the desert, and sand is an mm. incidental, like a, like a lion eating some fur. Mm. Does the sand go beyond incidental qualities? Is it a greater factor in the meat than I would prefer? You are habituated to swallowing sand. You can't live off of sand, but it helps with digestion. So the sand being in there for you, I would think, unless you think otherwise, would actually be a very great benefit. Um, it's not the main part of the burger, but as a sand burger for lizard folk, it has a, a requisite amount of sand in it to make that, you know, you won't get a stomachache later trying to just, you know, yeah, deal yeah, the with raw meat. The sand isn't overpowering. Yeah, it's like some other animals who eat rocks and stuff and it helps with digestion, but they don't actually get nutrients from it. So it's, it's that okay. kind of thing. Does anyone else eat their sand burger? Oh, no, absolutely not. I don't think I would either. <laughs> I don't think I would either. Knowing sand's in it, unless they took the sand out from my, you know, if I requested a, a no sand burger. Did they do that? Well, no, no. These are chefs making their best dishes. For okay. So if they all think sand's a key ingredient, I will leave the judgment to the lizard who already eats sand. All right. So you've tried the cat food tasting sand burger. Uh, the one that remains is the one with uh, seemingly some kind of squid or octopus, some some fish in it. Okay. Not a sand squid, though. It's not a well, no, not a sand squid. No, no. Okay, even so, I would be excited because I enjoy sand squid in its many forms. So I'm, I'm a little, a little curious about this one. Yeah. Uh, so it has um, a strong hint of octopus meat. It's very um, gristly, like it tastes um, like uh, it's not fat. I mean, I had intestine once and I hated it, but it, it tastes rubbery. I guess it says it's rubbery, like your teeth make this. In addition to the sand and, and hamburger in there, there's this squeaking. That happens in your teeth as you feel like it's hard to chew, but it makes for an interesting chew. Um, it's more of an adventure in chewing than you're used to, I suppose. As you, you I don't know how much for all you, you necessarily chew, but when you chew, it makes a squeaking noise that reverberates around your head, and um, it's interesting. Uh, apart from that, it tastes like its ingredients plus the spices. Both are spiced in a pleasant way for the lizard folk palate. Okay. The machine that I saw, so so they both hold, they both have kind of a, a core center that the machine makes, but that yeah. are topped and, and prepared in different ways. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, to be like, they are hamburgers, so it's pretty much ground beef on a grill. Um, yeah. For the most part. But, you know, they're garnished in, in delightful ways. I will stand. And I will spread my hands towards each burger. These are too different to judge. You are both skilled chefs when we go into the bazaar, which I enjoy. However, my human companions, or ascended elves, thank you, find your food to be too exotic. I don't know, man. I found it pretty good. And that time Harold he's licking his fingers right now after having eaten them <clears throat> that was delicious man thank you I could eat like two more mm. 
Nash is open. Nash is standing there with his mouth open, and he's doing this because just the idea of sand being in your burger makes you never want to ship, close your teeth together again. So I'm just going to be like slack-jawed yokel standing there at this horrendous All right, so, so And then they, they notice you, and they turn to you. Nash, perhaps you can... Uh, the blue triton, he says, Nash, perhaps you can try the burger and help break the tie and difficulty that Varel has. After all, this is this is your business. Uh, no, I'm good. The sand in the burger is not a, is not my jam. But thank you, though. Right. I appreciate you thinking um, about me. Yes, that's part of our mission statement. It's not to make burgers for, for, for necessarily the human palate, but to make burgers in honor of Varel. Yeah, and I'm sure they're amazing for Varel. Yeah, we do have a hard time selling them. Yeah. You will. We don't like that. We're not into the sandy burger. Um, just so you're aware, Varel, because uh, it has to do with the leadership of the business. The business has to make money. Um, Mr. Tunga and I have, have differed on this one point that I feel it, it's important to pivot to cat food and dog food because we have ample supply of these kinds of things that can move in that direction. And he makes a great cat food style sand burger. I know Mr. Tunga would be great at it, and he needs my business acumen as leader to, to help run the business side of things while he does the cooking. But he seems to think he wants to run the business and wants me to make the the burgers. But I have more of a seafood knowledge of, of sorts. And, and I don't think it would be great for the cat food, dog food business. If we don't pivot soon, we'll go out of business. And then the Tungan looks at you and goes, Tunga, 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 Tunga. And what did he say? Um, <clears throat> he says that we should stick, no matter what the revenue issues are, to Nash's wishes to honor Varel um, in his legacy by making Sandburgers properly, regardless what? of how many sales we make. I would be honored if these burgers were the best, which means they must meet the local palate. They must be pleasing to those who order them. Your range is great, but your commitment to the customer, as you call them, the warriors we serve, is lacking. Yet these condiments flow like water. You've given me many options, but between the seafood and the cat food, there are none. They both look very dejected. We only wish to honor Varel and the life he lived. And Varel would want things to be the best. Now, these burgers are delicious for me. I would order them again. And for my surfing degenerate here. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> However... Speak to your clients as to what they would prefer their burgers to be. And whichever of you cooks the most, is requested the most to cook, you will find the other one with time to manage. Both the Tungan and the Triton looked toward to each other and they looked to you and they said, He goes, Tunga? He goes, Yeah. Pharrell. Since this business is in your honor, and since you speak with such excellent business acumen, what if you were to take on the mantle of leadership, to live here on Planet Nash, and to help us run Varel's Sandburgers? 
I feel that everything you said is much too complicated for us, and and we would feel um, safe in your hands. You are a very knowledgeable business leader, and we think you have what it takes. We can just tell right away you have what it takes to to run Varel Sandburgers. I am the best. I cannot. I am the best of all Varels, and I am needed elsewhere. However, my stinky companion might be able to (laughs) procure from a timeline of Varel who is currently out of business and requires activity. Oh, wait, we're ordering a Varel now? (laughs) Can we order a Varel? Is that a thing? Where's the stoner guy? Can he do that? Can he? Can yeah, he? <laughs> I mean, man, like it's not like just ordering a hamburger, pulling people through time. I don't think I can get you a Varel. I think the only reason I can get a Nash is because there's something wrong with him. No offense, Nash. Uh, I agree. There's something <laughs> wrong with badass tea as well. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, I brought a badass tea over. Then why can't I bring a Varel over? Are there because any lives right. wrong with them? Are they all dead? I just, I like, because, you know, I'm like a doctor. I got to be like careful and stuff, right? So you know, I'm trying to mend time, not make it worse. But Matt, you know, if this Sandburger business is really important, Varel, to saving the fabric of time, then maybe, maybe I'll bring one. Maybe I can bring you a Varel. You. Yeah. I mean, can't you get a Varel from, like, a world that's about to be destroyed or something? Like, yeah, yeah. laser's gonna evaporate him, just go and snag a Varel before he gets blasted and bring him here? Doesn't really work that way. Like, I can't just bring them from anywhere timeline to another timeline. They also gotta be in the that Tower of Nash. The Tower of Nash's have to touch over to timeline. So I, I, I can't just... It doesn't work that way. It's not, it's not like some fantasy novel, man. That's why it just... Gotta be careful with time. You're mortal. It's hard, hard to like put your head into it, you know. But um, yes. all right. Clearly, they have experts working on the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right, I'll get you a Varel, Varel. Good. I'm glad it's possible. For now, the two of you shall create two ordering stations and. It'll say above it, seafood and cat food. And whichever line is most busy, the other will have time to do the business. Thank you very much for for your guidance on our business. And thank you. So we're getting a Varel of our own? This is wonderful news. Did you hear that, Tonga? And then Triton gets down on his knees and hugs the Tonga. And the Tonga is just like, Tonga, Tonga, Tonga. And they look so happy that the business is being saved. We'll be able to pay all of our workers. (sighs) You have no idea how much of a relief this is. Uh, All the Tungans of Planet Nash, um, the only source of income for them is this burger factory. And without it, uh, we'd all starve and die. uh, This is amazing. Thank you, Pharrell. I shall return to inspect your progress and to Mm. meet the other Pharrell, which is less good as me. But it's still great. Right. All right, man. So you want to go summon those 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 guys? I can I can take care of it for you now, man. Let's go see Nash. Tower Nash, that is. 
I mean, are we ready for them now? We still have uh, a job to do before we would need them. And I worry about what 200-some Nashes all cooped up in a single tower for an extended period of time might get up to. Um, I mean, I got a lot of places to go. Uh, I guess I could come back when you're ready and bring them over. I mean, it's up to you, man. Do you want some of them now, or do you want me to, like, come back later? Well, I mean, I could just do, hang out here. I like. Yeah, you seem place. very busy, so I know we're putting you out a lot. You seem like a guy that has a lot going on. Time's a little weird. Like I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to a lot of people right now, so my yeah. mind's a little all over the place. Yeah, man. But yeah, a little hostile vibe coming from over there. You know, like. Well, really, that's a surprise to you, is it? You've met billions of me and. Uh, no, I'm the first one that's giving you this vibe, is it? Yeah, no, it's not a surprise, man. <laughs> I guess not. I just forget real quick. But, um, hey, it's a pleasure meeting you all again. Um, I wish you the best of luck. And then uh, he looks at your hand for uh, hope and he says, you take care of that one. I'm going to watch, watch what happens to you with great interest. Yeah, me too. All right, I'm um, head back to the tower. Who's with me? And he starts walking towards the. Uh, he leaves the the burger factory and starts walking towards the tower. Yeah, just follow him. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Angela actually tugs on your your sleeve, Nash, and says, "I think maybe I don't. If you're gonna keep me here to keep us safe." Maybe wait before bringing all the Nashes over, just so I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> I love you, but I don't want uh, two hundred of you. I think I, I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> you know, the kids might get confused about who their father is. What if they start getting attached to a different Nash, and and you know, yeah, what if, I mean, what if they what bring kind of psychological issues we're going to cause them? What if they brought a bunch of boots and? spoons and stuff with them too pipes well remember none of them have your kids you're the only one with kids oh am i the only one in the whole did nash know that that i was unique in that way yeah, well the people that. you talked to didn't have they're all like what you have kids you had a penis and they were like what <laughs> well yeah no i get <laughs> that but i i thought maybe i don't know if, if there's infinite nash it seems like there should be another one there um, was a sense that there was something unique about your timeline because things were unraveling very unusually when it comes to Sigil and when it comes to your children and some other factors. Okay. Uh, well, I'd just say, yeah, I don't disagree. That's too many Nashes. So we'll, you know, you can, we can tuck you away somewhere and you won't have to deal with it. Well, I mean, can you just wait till, can you come back from wherever it is you're going? This Pentel Wise place? You mean come back after the Nash is there or we do all we you just don't want me bringing them around you don't want to feed them all right yeah I just I don't I don't I really don't want them asking me like questions about 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 how we had kids like from 200 (laughs) different now like I have to every question that you think of every question that you ask or that you might have and I have to tell like 200 different people all this and they're gonna 
It's just weird, right? I don't know if I feel comfortable with it. Well, this. no matter what, I'll make sure you, you can steer clear from them. Whether they, where, wherever they come and go and wherever we congregate, you don't have to be there. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I just... I, I need to lie down after a day like today. <laughs> I'm not sure who I... I mean, I love you. But I'm not sure who I married. And this, is, this is a lot. <laughs> I'm glad this is what did it for her. Okay. Well, um, best thing for us to do is just get you somewhere safe and far away from all of this. Well, the tower Nash mentioned there'd be a room for me in the tower. I figured the tower is probably the safest place for, for us. That's fine. Open, open Roger in there or pot and Roger in there. And you know, we can make a go of it. There's lots. You probably have lots of furnishings in, in that vault room of yours. Mm hmm. They have plenty of food. Right. Well, I'm going to go talk to Tower Nash about accommodations then. And she walks into the tower. Okay. Oh, and then she turns around and says, I love you, and she gives you a kiss. <laughs> I'll, I'll return the gesture. And, Try not uh, to die or whatever it is you do when you die. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to I'll go. I need to meet up with these guys. Be careful and say, take care of the kids and do you have a do you have a handy wipe? You got a, like a like a little wet wipe type thing with you well, at all? I don't have a. I mean, do you want me to put water on a cloth and? Well, they just that uh, orange pulls made, out a cloth and she says, "I have a cloth." Orange made me all sticky. No, oh, here she, <laughs> she she dabs your cheek and oh, cleans your your okay your stickiness. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. It was bugging me. Okay, I'll see you guys later, and I'll go the other way. Uh, so yeah, it's now open uh, for you guys to to decide what to do next. You've done the Varel Sandberger bits. Um, <laughs> you can decide to summon the Nashes now or not. Um, you know, people's various wishes, or you know, you still have an adventure to continue on uh, to find Tungsten Wheel. So it's up to you what you want to do next. Uh, you guys, I would leave the uh, Burger Factory and are at the crossroads between starport the tower and the sandburger factory all right well i think we're all in agreement that summoning all the nashes early would probably result in the destruction of planet nash and uh, <laughs> the end of this plan early so uh, does anybody have an, op an opposing opinion of that hope shakes mm. her head it would take too much time to prepare the burger factory we would have to taste test the burgers to Nash's liking, as many more Nash's would be a primary clientele. That was exactly my concern, too. So I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and say that what we should do next is just let them hang out in the tower, and we'll go ahead and get in the ship and do what we were originally going to do until this little diversion and head for uh, Blast Belly Rock, as was originally intended. It's fine with me, Nash would say. All right. Well, uh, I will be on the ship getting it ready then. Hope we'll go with Stanley. All right. Seems like the party is going to board the ship. If there isn't yep. any more business to conduct here. Uh, as you get on the boat, your uncle Sever puts his hand on your shoulder, even though it's a ghost to hand, so it doesn't really have any feeling to it. And he says... You find the 
answers to the questions. Uh, the question, what? No, Bo's brain's not working. Did you find the answers to the questions you were looking for? Uh, you know, I don't know. We found something. It's been. I think time moves differently on planet Nash. To be honest, it feels like it's been maybe a month since we landed there, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm really not entirely sure what we discovered, but we're ready to get underway. <laughs> right then, um, Hope, well, a crooked hand row sort of uh, summons you over uh, to do some piling again. Why don't you give it a try again? Show her what she needs to learn. All right. All right. So this time you, you portaled last time. So here I'm going to show, I'm going to bring the map up for the galactic map for you to select your next destination. We have planet Nash, earth, Mars, and we have blast belly rock. All right. Blast belly rock. It is. Yeah. All right. So you, that little keyboard tray slides out and you start punching in the code for it based on the, what's written on sort of parchment in this roll like this Rolodex style, like this, it's actually this drawer that sort of pulls out that you can tab the pages over. You enter into it, and then there's this big throttle that you can move. So you go to grab it, and you throttle. You've been taught the last time, so now you know what you're doing. The ship begins to pull out of port and float into space, and then point in the direction that it needs to. And uh, what's the as the um, as the throttle goes up, it, the ship begins to move quicker, and then a tear in space opens up in front of you, and you go flying through it. So now we're aboard the ship, red, orange space floating around as you're now in rift space, traveling vast distances in short amount of time um, through space. Uh, now we have a bit of time aboard the boat before you arrive to your next location. I will move to the boat, uh, the boat view. The boat. Boat view. boat view. Now, is there anything that you'd like to do uh, aboard the boat? Travel time will be roughly a day. Hope is going to talk with Tedna and kind of learn what kind of combat skills he has and try and better coordinate where he belongs in the party if he's going to be fighting with them. Okay, so you're, you're going to... Is it that you want to... Because I can show you his character sheet. Uh, is it more that you just... you like? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is do you want to RP the conversation or do you, are you just asking about what his capabilities are? Um, that's a good question. Because Hope is not a very talkative character. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, let's RP it. Thank you for letting me come along, Hope. Uh, yeah, Tedna, I I realized, um, seeing you again, that last time I should have taken responsibility for you. You're just a kid. Um, so, so this time, I want to fix that. Um, you fight now, yeah? Well, I've always fought, but I guess you mean the other guy. Uh, I've always been a fighter. 
I fought for the Liberators back in when we first met. So really what I've learned to do is that in my time, you and I became separated and I joined the Toyota host. And I fought with them for a while and learned their berserking style. So I don't really have training in any martial or specific way. I just know how to hit first and hit hard and be crazy. That's the fighting style. Okay. I I think we can use that. And then Hope will talk with them more about that kind of like pan out as they talk tactics and potential ways to fight kind of a thing. You don't need to protect me. I've been dead for a long time. I live life like every day is my last day. And I fight like it too. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm sure that you do. I, I don't doubt that. Okay. So yeah, um, you would have learned uh, through that conversation, you know, he is essentially a fighter. He's not. Tra- he can use weapons, but he's not trained in any particular weapon. He's a a war boy of the desert, essentially, like just there to clobber, kill, do whatever he has to do to survive. And very different from the Tedna you knew who was green and sheltered um, at the time you met him. And you also learned that he's much older, too. He's you know, not a kid. He's in his 30s. He's a grown ass man. Yes, a bit older there. No yeah. flip flops anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when, you turn thir- when you turn 30, you lose your flip flops. Oh, you live in Florida. Oh, okay. It's a Florida thing. I was like, oh. you freeze here <laughs> in Canada. You're like, oh, oh okay. Got it. Um, anyone else have anything they'd like to do uh, business wise aboard the boat while we're making our way down to Blast Rock, Blast Belly Rock? No. I, I don't. No. I don't think any anything pressing, no. Where's Varel at this point? I've got my tub of sand I've built out of barrels and sand. Oh god, but you're on the sh- level. You're on the ship, okay. Yeah. All right. So just a <laughs> Not quick- where is Varel? Ah, I'm gonna turn back around. <laughs> All right, so um, so hope <laughs> that would suck. Hope and bad ST, I like to picture them talking like on the t- main deck, sort of overlooking the stars and sort of getting connected that way. Uh, Varel's in his sand uh, bed that he made out of barrels in the bottom. I don't know what Nash is doing, but I like to picture Stanley's gone back to his quarter, like his captain's quarters, and shut everyone out for a while. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Uh, halfway through, once Hope is done talking with Tedna, she's gonna hunt Stanley down and demand the drinks, and he has to drink oh. with her. Are you doing uh, the drinks? Yeah, that, the drinks from last episode. I suppose that is true. Um, Five, you know, I right? was going to see if maybe we could get a, a mini bar or something hooked up on the ship based on how many I owe you at this point. But uh, do we have drinks? Uh, Stanley will yep. go out and try and flag someone down and see if there are drinks on board. Hello, Captain. How's it going? The uh, crew hand says, you have to look about you of someone that needs something. What can I, I do for you? I do. We uh, entered into a bit of an agreement, Hope and I, and it turns mm-hmm. out I owe her quite a few drinks. Are there any aboard? Oh, we got elven mead, so not the best stuff, but we're elves, and that's what we had available on the Elandar. So um, there's a store of it. It's probably quite fermented, but it'll... I'll get you messed up if that's what you're looking for. Apparently, it is. Can I can I can I show you where it is? I'm a, I'm, I'm a ghost. I can't. Ro- what? No, I, no. The ghosts here can you manipulate the stuff in the ship. 
Why don't you go to your course <laughs> and I'll bring you the refreshments. Very good. Thank you. Well, I won't bring them. I'll send George's. All right. And he sort of leaves before you can say anything. Hopefully we'll gather Nash and Varel as well. Oh, okay. You'll gather up. All right. Uh, is everyone joining for Mead? Yep. Yeah, I'd do it. All right. So the four of you get together um, and meet in Stanley's quarters. And then George's head pops out on the floor in the middle of the chair as you're going. He looks up with his one eye. Remember, he's a half ogre, half tongue And he, he looks around and he goes, George's. Uh, and then he. Oh, hi, George's. I uh, understand you're bringing us up drinks. George's. And then George's sort of floats up slowly. Uh, you do know you need to go the long way if you're going to be bringing something physical through the ship. George's. You know what? He'll figure it out in a minute. <laughs> yeah, he looks at you. He's like, he look, George's, George's, <laughs> George's. And then he, 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 he floats up and then he realizes his problem because as he floats up, he can't bring the tray through the floor. George's. And then he floats back down. Cups are shaking your head sadly. And then you hear a knock on the door. Duk, 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 duk. George's. To the door. Stanley manifests a little mage hand and opens the door for him. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> and like he can go through, but he's holding a physical tray with physical cups. Like a big, it's actually a huge stein on it. And there are cups there. And he floats the tray onto the table. And it's neat because he can put his hands through the table. So he just lowers the tray into it. He goes, George's, George's, George's. George's. Uh, thank you very much, George's. That will be hmm. all. And then he sort of goes like, sort of stands up straight and calls to attention. He goes, George's. And then he turns around and goes out and closes the door behind him. All right. Well, we we are on the next leg of our adventure. And before we begin it proper, thanks to Mash's unyielding weirdness and uh, knack for attracting ridiculous and uh, downright infuriating folk, I do believe that means I'll hope a few drinks and I would be honored if you all would share in that with us. To Nash. To Nash. To me. <laughs> I think they were waiting for Varel to join in. Is he? <laughs> Varel's Hope not we'll look sure over about it. Everyone's looking at you, Varel. Like uh, they all said, to Nash or to me. Which one? This one. <laughs> this one. This one. To this one. And then amending his toast, Stanley goes, "This one." To this one. And I'll say, this one, and I'll thumb thumb at myself with the hand on my neck. It'll turn around and we go, like that. Hope shaking <laughs> her head as she downs the first drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And just like that, there's almost this moment of, you haven't felt it a long time, of the adventurers once again on an adventure together, out on the road, away from all the stupidity of the cities and the weirdness of these strange characters that you're aligned with. Just out on the open road, even if the open road space, in the comfort of one another's company. And with that, the ship sails off into space and into the break. And uh, when we come back, we will arrive, we will dock at Blast Belly and begin the true proper leg of the D&D adventure. We Very nice. 
All right. You heard him, folks. Go take a quick break. We'll be back in about 10. All right. All right. Part two underway. Back at it. Bo, take it away. So after an evening of drinking aboard the, we call it the Fate Six, that you named it? Hmm. Aboard the Fate Six, um, you, you each retire to your respective sleeping areas and have a good long rest. So make sure to long rest your character sheets. Uh, and get that going. Um, so you wake up uh, after a period of time. time uh, it's hard to know uh, when day and night is out in space, but after a period of time, you wake up. And as you wake up, you're greeted to the sounds of the shipmates uh, getting the ship ready to pull out of Rift Space and hope uh, you first thing make your way to the navigation controls and help Crooked Hand Row uh, decelerate out of Rift Space into normal space and whoosh with everyone on the deck a rift opens up in, into the phlogiston, phlogiston that you're sailing through and move into normal space whoosh. and all around you it's dark and starry in the distance off to the left of the ship you see a star very distant shining bright and to the right glowing closer rapidly is a large gray rock with very little sunlight shining upon it this gray rock is riddled with giant holes it looks like swiss cheese of a, of a rock it's not a planet it looks like a large gigantic meteorite and hanging onto the side of it you see that there's a platform so instead of putting the settlement on top of the um this asteroid this rock you see there's a ledge and upon that ledge there appears to be kind of a medieval looking village you see, uh, you know, chimneys, uh, straw or, or wood thatch roofed topped buildings. And as you get closer, you see that the ledge is quite large, housing a whole village on the side of the rock. Um, but only a few of the buildings near where the port is, as you can make it out, have any light on coming in through the windows. Um, and as you get close to the rock, you see there's all kinds of scaffolding pieces of wood and different holes dug out many tunnels very much looks like something was there building infrastructure to mine this rock this rock floats closer and closer and uncle sever approaches you captain billings uh, to your side and he says well that looks a bit foreboding not much in the way of life there it seems like i mean i don't I don't know what we anticipated, but uh, is there a place where you can dock the ship and at least land and check it out? Well, I'll see the port over there. We can bring the boat in there. There's a few other boats, and as he points to that location, you do see that there's a couple of other ships docked at port, but they don't look nearly as nice as your ship. They all look like uh, you know, broken down old wooden airships um, that might not possibly not even used for a long time or if they do they you have no idea what they might run on uh, it doesn't look very uh, very good at all um, so on the deck with you uh, as well as the fate six ghost crew is badass T and as well um, oh, crap where's her name the um, shoot I forgot her name your 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 charge Stanley it's been too long. Yeah. What is her name? Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. The Beloved Kuhn. It um, it's uh, 
Union Wheel. All right, so your 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 Belele Kuhn also stands uh, by your side, Stanley. So the uh, six of you plus the ghost crew um, are aboard the vessel. So how would you like to to pull the vessel in? Just dock it. No other fences to approach. Okay. So the boat uh, slowly sails in, and as you get closer, you see it definitely has the lookings of like a low, you know, sort of tech town. Um, has um, wooden buildings. Uh, where the docks uh, meet the town, the ledge where the town is on, there's a bit of a fence there, but no one seems to be minding it. The fence sort of gate swings open. <laughs> Uncle Sever says, right, Archibald, bring it in, tie her up. And he starts uh, giving orders. Right, Captain, what's your orders while you're away? Maybe keep the ship ready for a quick departure. If this is foreboding, as you say, uh, we may need to get out of here quickly. Sounds good. You heard the man. Let's get moving. And then he starts giving orders and things of that nature. Um, Badass T looks ready to go, and as well as Yun-Yon. And she looks to you and she says, My liege, what are your orders? Well, we typically just sort of wing this thing, so uh, you know, stay ready, stay focused, and uh, Keep your eyes open, yeah? Okay. All right. So the party, uh, the, the boat begins to dock. Um, a ladder is lowered out onto the dock, and the part you beat you, the f- six of you make your way there. Bad ST is assuming he's going, let's told otherwise. The six of you get off uh, at the. You know what? Before uh, Stanley would let everybody go by, but I want to talk to Bad ST before he gets off the boat. Looks at you and go. Yeah. Look, you've uh, certainly proved yourself more capable than the Tedna of our time. But uh, getting us out of Sigil, we certainly had a way that we wanted to do it, and you decided that your way was better. So let me make something perfectly clear before we go any further. The Tedna from our time... uh, Hopes, Tedna. He's not around anymore. And I'm the one who killed him. And you will meet a similar fate if you do not fall in line to what we have to say. Is that clear? Intimidation roll. Oh my god. Holy shit. You scare me, John. No kidding. I'm intimidated and I'm not even the character. That's a 22. He looks at he looks at you, and it's hard to read his mouth because it's covered. But his eyes sort of look steely. He goes, "Consider me warned." Great, Stanley smiles and <laughs> go on by. All right, it seems to have gone well. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no argument from him. Uh, so, the six of you disembark, and you're now aboard the wharf of of the. Um, of the town, uh, you make your way towards the gate, and you see the gate. It's this sort of um, fence, this cross-statched fence, fence uh, made of steel. 
I mean, it's the hinge is sort of going. And as you look around, Stanley, particularly with your observant eyes, you see somebody uh, above on on one of the roofs sort of looking down at you. Um, Just seems to be hanging out out there. He's got a little telescope looking at you guys. Well, we're definitely being watched, but uh, nobody's charging us and being actively hostile still. Maybe, Varel, you take point. Should I address the onlookers? If you feel it appropriate. People of this village. (laughs) I am Varel Rasphim Kurik. I have arrived with the heroes of the Waste, Tedna and one elf guard we are looking for tungsten wheel produce him the um the the figure from atop the rooftop looks down leans over the roof and says oh are you there what's all the shouting about i shout because you are far away Right, right, right. Um, Come closer, and I will uh, talk softer. I'll stay up here, thank you very much. Then I will continue to shout. He sort of reveals that he has like this canister of drink, and he takes a big drink. (laughs) He's a big, long beard, and you sort of get the sense that this, having seen dwarves before, that this is a dwarf sitting atop the, the building. And he goes... You must be new around here, or you wouldn't shout like that. It's a dangerous place. This is my great big ship, of which I just arrived on. I see it. A big ship for a big man. Big man in town. Welcome. Welcome to Burp. Oh. (laughs) Are we not at Blastbelly Rock? You are. It's Blastbelly Rock. That's the name of the rock. This is the Berg of Burp. <laughs> Burp Berg. Amazing. But you want to keep the shouting down? There is a uh, dangerous beasts here now. It's not the civilized place you might have been used to. Get you to the wet whistle. Stop making such a racket. Very well. And the dwarf sort of sits back down, not in an aggressive posture, and he continues watching you through his telescope from the roof. There we are, companions. We look for the wet whistle. Right. So um, you make your way from the dock area into... So the town before you, everything looks dark. Except for there's a there's a one or two buildings that seem to have firelight glow emanating from the windows. The town behind it looks darkened. There's no candlelight or, or, or illumination, no street lamps, nothing. And as you get closer, you see that there's lots of wear and tear on most of the buildings. They look dilapidated, condemned, old. There isn't much. This is a, a ghost town. And there isn't much. However, as you walk in, you see right to the left, there is a, um, a sign 
emblazoned outside of a building and it says the wet whistle and fancy writing that looks worn from age so you can almost picture this as like a really fancy building that has been like run down and worn and full of pock marks and dirt and filth uh, from inside there's a the glow of firelight uh, do you enter yeah is it a is it a sturdy looking building um it's it's made it's it, it seems the foundation seems to be one of stone and the it seems to be mainly of stone and like a stucco kind of style thing, but it's got wood paneling on it as well. Uh, Nash will be into this because he's playing Tavern Master, but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, it, it, there's a sort of a, this stucco appearance to the side. It's made primarily of rock, but um, lots of wood paneling on it. Okay, uh, as I have been declared point, I. I will lead in and uh, head for a seat at an open table. All right. So you open the door and you see the trappings of what would look like a traditional warm place. Everything's worn with age, but there's gorgeous wood bench, a, a bar area. And inside you see various dwarves, maybe about eight in total in different uh, ver- uh, various locations. And one man in a giant armored sort of white and gold gilded um, very fancy armor sitting by himself and uh, but dwarves everywhere and a dwarf behind the bar and as you enter in before you can even make it to there uh, to, to a table because <laughs> you not you stand out this is a, seems to be a big event everyone the, the room falls silent and they turn to look at you turn to look at you and the barkeep you know it's a, a large dwarf with red red beard tied in a braid cleaning a glass well don't keep the door open you let the cold in get in here come on what are all you looking at get back to your food and he says to the rest of the to the table and then conversation begins to resume the party enters in and the barkeep looks at you sort of suspiciously and he says What's your business at Burp? We're looking for Tungsten Wheel. And you think he lives here? I believe the answer around these parts would be I. I. Well, have you been to Blastbelly Rock before? No. Hmm. Well, there's not many souls that live here now. In fact, you're looking at most of them. Is there a tungsten wheel here? It's kind of like, oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm afraid you've made a long trip for nothing, I think. Name's Aleboon, by the way. Aleboon, uh, oh shit, I really should look this up before. <laughs> Aleboon Hardbottom. <laughs> Proprietor of the Wet Whistle. Can I get you anything while you're here? You made a long journey, you must be hungry. We, had, we could all probably go for some liquid refreshment. Here at, right, it is here early in, 
It is early in the morning, but if you want to have mead, then have your mead. How early? What time is it? Well, you don't know what time it is, but you did wake up rather recently from your trip. But you can drink mead any time of day. Ale, Ale Boone begins to uh, start, takes out mugs and starts putting them on the table and then filling them up one by one from a... Yeah, That's... I think, uh, like, strategy-wise, uh, as a team, I think we should take a seat at the table and see if anybody, like, approaches us. Okay. Yeah. You guys agree on this strategy-wise? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he takes out six cups, and he, he hands them to you, and as you take up the cups, then you, you go to a table and sit at the table, all moving around, and... He looks, Elboon calls over to you and he says, if there's anything I can get for you, we got rooms upstairs and, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what more I can do for you. Um, and he sort of has, makes his face like he's like thinking. And he turns to his barkeep duties. Before he goes, uh, Stanley would reach out and kind of just grab him lightly by the arm before he leaves. Oh, it's not as kind of aggressive. No, not an aggressive way. Just like oh, a, yeah. just like a, a tension grabbing way. Yeah. Not like, ah, he just, but just you know, like a light, a light touch. I got it. Yeah. Look, this is a small community, clearly. And you certainly seem well established here, knowing the various comings and goings of folks. If in your duties here, you uh, remember something about our friend, Tungsten Wheel, pops into your head, we would really appreciate any information you could give us. He may not be here now, but there's no mistaking that he was here once, and surely a man of your reputation would have some inkling of passes through. He, he looks at... He looks at you... He looks at Varel. You're a... You're a kind of weird assortment of people. It's not every day you see a tiefling and, uh, and uh, one of his kind and then you two humans together in a group with whatever is going on with that one. He points to Badass T. Oh, and an elf. He looks at Union. What uh, consortium are you a part of? Who are you representing? We are only representing ourselves. An interested party trying to find a lost friend. Well, if you want help, I need to know who you're working for. I just told you. We're you representing you ourselves. Say- no, I didn't say I couldn't say. I told you it was us. Oh, oh. We're independent contractors, adventurers, whatever you want to call it. Freelancers. He, he glances back at one of the windows and takes a look at the dock towards your ship. And I'd like you afford a ship as nice as that one. Are you brigands? No, we're on official business from El Handar. Never heard of it. Then the name does you no good. 
You're, you're groundlings, aren't you? He says with a sort of wry smile. You haven't been on the boat very long. You know what a groundling is, right? I'm assuming it is someone who doesn't spend a lot of time in the air. That's right. We got a name for those people who don't travel the stars. They're called groundlings because they'll never know what's up here. You have the look of them about you. Makes no difference to me. I'm an innkeep. And yet here we are with a ship, as you said, that looks quite fine. Visiting your establishment, asking questions of a nature of somebody who has traveled these parts. Now, it is my inclination that you know more than you are saying. (laughs) And I would so much rather ask nicely. That's an intimidation roll. Yeah, it is. It's a 16. He looks at you, he crosses his arms. You trying the tough guy routine on me? I've been in Blast Belly Rock for nigh on a hundred years. Not much you can say to scare me. But, and the room sort of gets tense as they look around. Because, you know, the innkeep's been lightly threatened. And everyone is kind of starting to tense up a little bit. Stanley... But it's the sense that, like, maybe they're more afraid of him and what he's capable of. Not that they're going to join in or have some sort of thing. Like, it's just more like, oh, oh, don't piss off the barkeep kind of a feeling. Stanley stands and gives his cape a bit of a dramatic flourish and pulls the guitar from his back (laughs) and says... Not much I could say that could scare you. He just does a couple light plucks, not casting anything, just play, you know. Which I'm okay. assuming I'm attuned to it now. I can I can play it without casting spells. At yeah. This point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can just you can just play it. Yeah. He just plucks it a little bit. Is it and... the distortion pedal or is it just clean guitar, Eric Clapton style? Just Layla. Just, just just playing, just enhancing his words a little bit as he goes, and just for. For clarity's sake, I'm going to cast enthralling performance on him, four other individuals in the bar, as I speak for a minute and tell them a little tale. And Okay, what is the effect of that? Is that a saving throw effect or no? Uh, so once per short rest, you can choose five creatures that watched and listened to you perform for one minute. Each must make a wisdom saving throw. The DC is 18. And is charmed if it fa- uh, is charmed if it fails for one hour or takes any damage. You attack it or sees you damage its allies. Um, so then, okay. So it's a charm, but it's not a spell. Uh, the reason why it's a feature is they can't really tell you're casting a spell because you're just playing your instrument or talking to them. Right. If the target succeeds on its saving throw, the target has no hint that you tried to charm it. And that's like the big difference between that and like charm spells because people usually know afterwards that they've been charmed or you know, bullshitted by a wizard. So, And that's exactly what Stanley will then do is he'll turn around and go, uh, he'll say, I think we might have some dangers that we've encountered. And he's raising his voice so that everybody in the bar can hear. Mm-hmm. He says, for the heroes of the waste may be 
fairly new among the stars, but let me tell you of the horrors that lurk in the places that you don't see. And he strums again, and he says, For I have been to a city inhabited nothing but the animated remains of the dead, caught in an eternal loop, living their last final moments to feed the dreams of a demon. And then he'll play another little flare. And I have been to the far edges of a demon hold filled with mind-flaying creatures capable of enthralling you and pulling you into their grip and making you their own. Only to be devastated by a beam of light from the sky, sure to rend our entire planet asunder, but stopped by no less than the people who stand before you. We've been to the far reaches of other dimensions, places like Sigil, where we have braved the hive down below, criminal underbellies and white towers filled with paladins and holy knights. We've been to wars. We've been back and watched a giant worm burrow into our planet, threatening its very existence. We have heard about the distortion and destruction of time itself and stood as champions against those that would stop it. So while we may be unfamiliar to your stars, we are certainly not green to the perils of this world. And then he'll do one last flare on the guitar. Varel right. would like to stand and... <laughs> Hope will join. She'll stand after Varel and clap as yeah. well. T take a glorious damage uh, token, please. Hey! Oh, nice. Well done. That was that was excellent. I was I was actually enthralled. I forgot what we were doing. I was just really listening good. to that that tale. I was like, really that good. was great. And the, the um, so I'm not even gonna roll. They fail it. That was so good that I'm not even gonna roll for the the, the check. And they all, Aelboon with his arms crossed, leans and he looks, and they all go. <laughs> the whole bar erupts in laughter, a good kind of laughter, like from enjoyment. And he looks at you and goes, Well, I should have expected. You're a bard. <laughs> and they all love it. You'll have to tell us more of your tales. No wonder you have a, such a nice boat. You must have blown off course being here, or your friend must have blown off course. That was marvelous. Drinks on the house. You'll have to be sure to tell us more of your tales, though. Yes. Of course. Happy. Is there anything else you'd like to have? We'll, uh, we'll make it for you. I got uh, Grolf back there. He'll make it. <laughs> Grolf? Grolf. <laughs> Grolf. What kind of uh, food? I, uh, do you have a menu? <laughs> Bring me a menu. <laughs> uh, no, we don't have a menu. Uh, just tell me what you want. Although, we haven't got much. I've got um, my accents it's escaping me now. Um, <laughs> basically, we've got one thing, and that's dog. Oh, uh. not not the dog you're thinking of, like rock dog. Rock dog. They're local here. You'll see them soon enough. We trap them. We skin them. We eat them. Um, I'll try some of your uh, rock dog. Okay. Anyone else? 
sure, why don't we do plates for everyone? But please, I insist, let us at least pick up the payment for this. Very well, ten gold for the whole thing. And then Stanley looks over at Varel. You know, I have actually not made any money at all since I've been reconstituted, Varel. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be my pleasure. And if you could inform me how to better prepare my titles as you have done today, (laughs) I would be most joyous. Very well. We can find uh, a little flair for it. All right, perfect. So a little bit of time goes by and everyone now in the room looks on at you with curiosity uh, except for the human in the in the armor, he's looking pretty surly. Just seems to want to be kept kept to himself, but he's definitely not participating in, in the general energy of the room. Um, Aelboon comes back out with plates, so the plates basically have like a what looks like a T-bone steak, but it's probably rock dog, and then it has other types of rock dog prepared in different ways. There's some rock dog jerky, and there looks like these rock dog strips. It's all kind of the same meat cut and prepared slightly different ways, cured and salted. No other ingredients on the plate. It's just rock dog. So there's a lot of brown on the plate, a lot of red, tendery brown uh, goodness on the plate. And he looks and he says, you know, while we were making this, uh, sorry, what was your name again? Didn't uh, catch it. Valir or Nath. Valir or Nath. Are you an elf? It's an elf name if I ever heard one. Yes. Well, no matter. I like you all the same. But I was thinking, did you mean this tungsten wheel character? Was he here recently or in the past? Would have been a little ways in the past. Like, how, how long? Do I have an idea of that based on his letter and journal? And- it would have been around the time, like, your dad would have interacted with them. So it was before your lifetime. So whatever age you are, plus whatever amount of time Dalit was doing his thing before arriving on Earth. I mean, likely it would have been at least 38, 40 years ago, somewhere in that range. Oh! Oh, so you don't know about Blast Belly Rock, then? No, the ta- only that he came here. The town of Bur- Blast Belly Rock was founded by Lord Romanth Blast Belly, as this rock contained endless, seemingly, endless ores of mithril. Do you know what that is, Sonny? A rare magical metal. And this place was beautiful. But, as luck would have it, one day the ore ran out, and the business went elsewhere. And now this place is a ghost town. Just us and the scavengers here, and he points to the other dwarves, who try to find rare treasures and little deposits left over, but everything's been picked over. Pretty much. If you don't mind my asking, what keeps you here, then? His eyes glaze over. No, no. uh, I don't much want to discuss it. 
Safe to say, it'll be where, where I die. Uh, a barkeep through and through to the end of my time. Well, that's fair enough, but, uh, you know, you certainly seem like a, a hardy folk, but I do notice and lean in a little bit. What's the deal with the human character over there? Hmm. Why don't you ask him? <laughs> I can't. Why don't you ask him? It won't bite you. Fair enough. He certainly exhibits a surly demeanor. Ah, uh, he's all right. He's just not one for socializing. Now, you were saying it could have been 30, 40 years ago. And back then, this place, there were many people here. And um, I remember there was an elf who came in every day waiting for someone here. But I haven't thought about him in a long time. Perhaps he's the one you're looking for. Could be. Certainly sounds like it would fit the description I understand him to have. Uh. I don't... I don't want to say his, his name was Tungsten. But there, were, there weren't many elves here. And from what I remember about him, he was waiting for someone. And he'd come in here every day. You know what? One day he stopped showing up. No. I didn't think much about it, I don't know. But now that you mention it, he was working at the bank. Maybe you'll find something there. Certainly something we could look into. And uh, appreciate the information. If you uh, think of anything else, if you learn that he had a residence, or if he ever did meet the person he was waiting for, please let me know. Fair enough. And will you do some barding for us later? Yeah. Love to see it. Absolutely. All right. And he leaves you to your food, your, your rock dog. All right, well, that gives us at least one lead to follow up. So to the bank, then. How's the rock dog? Yeah, how is the uh, rock dog? Yeah, the rock dog is stringy and tastes of desperation. Uh, hmm. It's a desperate food for desperate environment and people. It's the, you know, you get the sense that... Uh, the rock dog died and, and terror was not farmed, <laughs> which might be good for Varel, but generally speaking, the meat taste is yeah. is not good. It's what these people are surviving on. It reminds me of the food back home. I was going to say, it's a little bit of an improvement, I think, for some of us. Yeah. Is it improvement over the delicious sand burger? I don't think so. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that had sand in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like eating glass, unprocessed glass. 
Like Nash, who will lick frog hemoth eggs and stuff like that, is like, they put sand in it. Well, it's got standards. I do. Look, I'll walk around with bat poop in my pocket, but I'm not putting sand in my mouth. Oh, what do I look like, an animal? Forget it. <laughs> All right, so uh, dinner is done. The scavengers in the bar are keeping low-key conversations. Generally, this is a place where people keep to themselves. There's a respectful distance amongst all, all the scavengers, but you do get a lot of looks from the various patrons, excepting the man in, in the armor. Well, do we want to uh, go and investigate this bank, or do we uh, want to see if anybody else around here might know anything? I think if anyone did and wanted to talk about it, they would have said something already. I think we'll have better luck in the bank. All right. Well, let's uh, finish our rock dog if you're interested or inclined and go. Badass T, before you guys leave, Badass T leans in. He's like, I think I'm going to stay here. Just in case something comes up, I'm going to be a lookout. He mentioned that the bank was just at the end of the road. I'm fairly sure. Down the main drag. So I'm gonna, I'll wait here, and if something comes up, I'll come get you. Sounds good. I hate this idea. <laughs> Did you want to stay for all? No. <laughs> I'm just voicing my displeasure. <laughs> all right. Well, how do you want to handle it, Varel? It's a fine. Badass T is a troublemaker And I assume he will only make trouble being here Imagine Anybody walking up to Badass T And it going well It won't follow for you guys in Sigil Remember that Yes but not anybody we met in Sigil I also remember that That place is a, a Terrible place to hide It's okay you don't have to worry about killing people there. I'm not concerned about the people necessarily in the hive. I'm talking about the innocent person whose home you broke into instead. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll do as I'm told, okay? I'm just here to be a lookout. I guess you guys didn't tell me that I told myself that, but I'm a, a man of my word. Well, I mean, these folk do have me on the hook for more additional barding. I could certainly stay in here and keep an eye on Badass Tea and keep things light and entertaining if you all wanted to go and investigate the bank. Seriously, guys, it's a trust exercise. Just leave me here. It'll be fine. (laughs) It's not a bad point. We can try it once. If it doesn't work out, then we know for the future. Very well. One chance, badass T. You bet. Don't kill anybody. <laughs> some of the, as you said, some of the patrons look over towards you. <laughs> and he puts his eye on. <laughs> and Stanley, will, anybody looking at him will just go, he said he won't. <laughs> Good enough for me, says Nash. <laughs> All right. Um, so the five of you leave. Uh, Union comes with you as well. 
And um, so you make your way back out into the main square. And again, as you can see, basically the main structures that are in use are this bar. And there appears to be a building on the other side that must be a shanty for people to sleep. Sort of a larger building. Some of the lights are on. And that's where the dwarf is up on the roof with the lookout. Um, on the other side, there's another gate. And this gate looks closed. And you actually see there's a dwarf standing in a tower above the gate. And as you approach to sort of continue on, you hear a voice call down. What do you want? You looking to get in? Uh, yes, we're looking to get into the bank. All right. Password? Please? Ooh, <laughs> not the password. We were informed not to shout. This is contrary to the information I have received so far. <laughs> Please come down to our level so we might obey the previous orders. Are you listening to Flemar? Don't listen to that fool. And then you hear Flemar from the other one. I'm not a fool. You're a fool. <laughs> and then they start bickering across the rooftops. How am I supposed to talk down there without shouting? Flemar, give us the password. Uh, have you seen Aelboon yet? Yeah. All right. The password is barrel. Stanley looks up. The password is barrel. All right. And then he begins <laughs> turning a crank. He <laughs> 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 begins turning this Quest crank. complete. <laughs> <laughs> and the gateway opens up. All right. Just make sure you don't forget the password and make sure me I don't forget it either. Just to make sure we're not letting anyone not safe into the compound. Well, Good luck to you. And then he begins closing the door behind okay. him. <laughs> and as you walk out to the other side, you see it's all of a sudden so very quiet and so very dark. It's actually difficult to see. It's like nighttime in a village with no lights anywhere. And you hear a... of wind blowing around the the town. And um, a little uh, tumbleweed sort of flies by. Oh, this is strange. They didn't say it was an abandoned bank, did they? Wouldn't be much a bank if there's no one here. Who manages the money? The gold. Well, remember, he said that the place used to be thriving, but now it's abandoned and there's only oh. scavengers. Oh, he said fully abandoned. All right. Yeah. So basically, the only two buildings that are left is the the, the bar and the compound where the scavengers stay, and people here just scavenge from the husk of this place. There's nothing. There's nobody. There's a main road that leads ahead of you, and it branches off into side roads. And as you look down the main road, maybe, I want to say like half a kilometer, maybe, like it's a pretty long road. In the distance, it does seem to branch into two other main roads down the road. All right, well, let's try and find this bank and, uh, you know, let's be cautious. 
at least. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you, you know, is there any method to the way that you proceed down the road? Any strategy, or are you just walking down the road? I, I feel like we want to be quiet and sneaky. We'll take we? the lead, so we'll follow his. Oh, yeah, uh, we got to follow his, his lead. Yeah. All right. So the five of you walk down the road, and it's quiet. And as the compound behind you gets farther and farther, the air around you gets quieter and quieter and colder. And um, about halfway down the road towards the, the square, you begin to hear an. Sort of echoing on the wind that says it's going. I don't like the sound. Any of change that. to your trajectory? I figure they're rock dogs. Hmm. Okay. So you continue uh, moving uh, towards the end of the road, and you reach. Looks to me, it's not a town square. It's like a, a tri road. Like it's one road that splits into two, and. Um, in the in the middle, right there, you see a large building, and you see um, in a sign that's sort of somewhat broken. It's a stone building, and you see the the uh, T Ank of Burp written on the building, and um, the T Ank. Oh, the bank. <laughs> that's all that's left because a piece of the building's been broken off, and there's some crumbling de- debris on the ground, and the the mewling becomes louder here. Sort of echoing throughout the village. Now, the building itself has a large uh, doorway, uh, large wooden doors that have look used over the years, but they're closed. No windows to the building in front of you. All right. Well, it's a. I I figure it is a public service building of sorts, and we attempt to enter. Okay, you make your way up, and the door has two large circular iron handles to go like knock or pull on it. Uh, you attempt to pull the door open, and it's met with resistance, and a smattering of dust sort of uh, moves off of it. The door is seems to be fastened shut. Like active? Oh, not active resistance. Something's not pushing back. Yeah, no, it's just, it's locked. Okay. Uh, can I discern what kind of lock has been used? Um, certainly. Uh, you can make, I mean, just by visual inspection, what you see is that it looks like it's a, there's a large keyhole in, in, in underneath where the handle is, so it would be a key-style lock, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what kind of detail you want about the type of lock, but it's a physical a mechanical lock inside the door. Um, if you wanted to get any more in depth, uh, maybe just let me specifically know how you want to look at it, I guess. I was just curious if I could... Um, like, it doesn't require that I see the spot, according to the spell. Mm-hmm. But I would obviously have to know how it worked, because I can't just... You know, I can't just guess or give it a weird command like just do it. But like, if I could discern by trying to push open the door the way it's locked, if I could make the mage hand appear on the inside and just you know flip the latch. Oh, is the mage hand? 
Uh, it's a good question. It's not doesn't really talk about it, eh? No. Is it ethereal so it can move through the door potentially? Can it move through? It doesn't really talk about it. Spectral floating hand. Yeah, that's what I checked to see if it if it requires like, do you have to see the thing? And it it doesn't say. It just says you choose a point within range. Which in theory could be the other side of the door. But I would have to have some idea of how the lock mechanism worked, otherwise, you know. Yeah, you can't no you, if you can't know. see, you can't command it to do things. So I mean, like you could probably I'm assuming it can move through objects likely it has i think it can't stay inside of an object yeah i don't even know if it, i think that's maybe overthinking mage hand a little bit but um let's say it moves through an object you still have to be able to see what you were doing like it's still your hand right so if you're doing surgery in another room with the mage hand right you would might cut through the wrong organ <laughs> like because you can't see what your hand is doing you don't have a visual sense from your mage hand so it's okay. not an extra set of eyes all right Unless I know it's one of those things, though, like, you know how, like, a, a rogue could have their hands bound and they could untie themselves because they don't have to see because they're just so good at. Rogue well, yeah, shit. But you know how a you knot, know you're like, you know how a knot works, which is why I was like, maybe I can discern what type of lock it is so I would know yeah. what needed to happen. But but I'm guessing also with the mage hand, the door. Yeah, I'm guessing with the mage hand, you also don't get tactile feedback. So I think that's probably what a rogue, you know, when you're feeling for the knot, that's how you un- undo it. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the door is locked to the to the ank of Erp, Burp. Varel, do you want to uh, break down a door? Of course. <laughs> I've never met a door like this before, and I walk up to it and I give it a kick. Okay. So uh, make an attack roll, please. All right. I guess I kick. Oh, you boost strength. Yeah. An arm yeah. strike. Uh, 21. Recklessly 21. attacking the door. All right. It's a hit. Roll your damage. A kick would be six unarmed damage. All right. You give it a kick and wood splinters. And there's a little, f- there's a footprint where in the wood where you leave it. But it's a very thick door. It's going to take more kicks to break it down as you kick it. The wood sh- shakes, wood splinters. Your paw print's in it, but it's not destroyed. All right. Did does, did it get any give? Can I like see through a hole now or anything like that? No give. Okay. I'm going to continue to kick this door. If anyone would like to maintain the integrity of said door, do so before the next kick. <laughs> <laughs> the howling stops as you yell out. Oh shit. Uh. Rock dogs. Maybe kick the door faster. (laughs) You two will be kicked much like this door. Uh, 29. All right. That's definitely a hit. Six unarmed damage. All right. You give it a second kick and then it begins to give away a little bit. And the metal bends where the door, where the door uh, hinges are. And so you, so it, so it, caves in a little bit and the wood sinks in even further but it, you, this is a really thick thick door it's gonna assuming like rather than making attack rolls let's assume you have successful attack rolls for the next number of attacks 
your estimate at this time is you probably need to give it six or seven kicks before you're going to get there. Okay, so then I'll do banker. I need make a deposit. <laughs> All right, so you kick it several times. Boof, 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 boof. And finally on the last one, it breaks and uh, a little bit of um, the doors hinge open and they sort of float a little bit, but not these are really heavy doors, so they only float a bit. You'll have to push it the rest of the way. But there's a little creak, and you hear a hiss of dust sort of poofing out from inside. Um, uh, now, Stanley, and, and with your passive perception, you have a sense that something is nearby, and you turn around and you see a singular rock dog walk into the square. Now, the rock dog is really interesting, it has a ginormous head. So it has this really round, bulbous head, and it drags its tongue along the ground. So you see, as it drags it behind, it otherwise has a body of a dog, but it's very white-looking and has little bulbous spots and no eyes. And it drags its really large tongue across the ground and sort of walks casually, just one of them, into the center of the thing. And it stops there, and then it looks over at you guys, and it looks away. And just stands there. The panting in a friendly way? Like, seems like it's just chilling? Yeah, it's just panting. Nash, leave it alone. Let's go, go inside. <laughs> but I got I got a little... I mean, I could throw him something. Alright, I'm gonna keep my eye on the dog not doing anything yet, but prepared to grab a, I don't know, one of my orange fresh orange peelings just to kind of distract him or... <laughs> okay. Give, give him a little treat. Yeah. That's what dogs okay. like. Yeah, they're into it. Can't get enough of it. Okay. Um, but so the door is given to open. It is open for you to proceed through. Uh, what do you guys want to do? There's a there's a rock dog in the center of the town square, and the bank doors are open. Hope's I proceed going in. in. The bank. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, go in. Okay. All right, so you guys move in, and do you close the door? Do you leave it open? And not care? Or what, is there a plan with the door? Hope will want to close it and barricade it a bit. Okay. So you move in, and um, immediately you are inside a room in the bank. So let's get this roll 20 map going. Map time. I have all my best fights in a bank. This will be great. (laughs) Okay. So you are now in the bank, and I'm just going to reveal some uh, area here. Oh, you guys able to see? Oh, yeah. It's a nice bank. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. Okay. So move yourselves into the bank. So the bank is um, just ignore the trees in there. There's no trees. Um, <laughs> as you move into this area, you see that there is a uh, a wooden. Well, no, it's actually copper made of steel. Bra- I was going to say more brass than steel. Um, cage area with you know rotten chairs behind it. There's a door off to the right side where you can move back behind the cage. There's some tables for people to do things. But uh, most importantly, um, and there's nothing to barricade the door with hope that you can immediately see. It's kind of a bare room. So I don't know. You close the door, but I don't know what you're going to barricade it with. Um, But you see that there's these glowing yellow little oozes everywhere in the room. So there's a couple There's several on the floor. 
Um, they don't seem to really move around. They sort of pulsate, these yellow oozes. And there's some on the ceiling as well and sort of on the walls. There's these, these glowing yellow oozes. And you notice... Um, uh, yeah, you, you, you notice there's a door behind the cage as well, um, leading deeper into the bank. And the glowing oozes are just sort of hanging out there innocently enough. Uh, so there's the, the matter of barricading the door and the glowing oozes in the room. What do the handles look like? Are they uh, loops? Could you put something through them? Yeah, they're loops. Yeah, you could potentially tie them. Cool. She'll take out some rope and tie it. Okay. Uh, let's make a uh, sleight of hand check, I guess. Or is there an engi- is that engineering? <laughs> sleight of hand. We'll do sleight of hand. Or survival, actually. Uh, tw- there we go. Uh, 26. Sleight of hand. All right. You tie the tightest knot you possibly can, put a fair amount of ropes, and it's, it's, it's secure. It'll hold for a bit. The rope substance itself is not perfect, but it'll hold for a while. Uh, you're just not sure how strong that, that what you assume to be a rock dog is. Okay. Uh, the room is otherwise quiet. There's a thick layer of dust and grease on everything. And you are now in the main bank, <laughs> the teller, the main business area of the bank. I'd like to do like a quick uh, arcan- arcana check just to kind of see if there's anything weird. Sense yeah. any magic. So you gotta, you gotta like tell me what you want to do and then we can roll our... I want to see if there's any kind of dark magic bullshit going on in here. All right, make your arcana check. All right, here you go. 21. Mm, so, um, nothing magical in this room that you can tell on visual inspection. The only unusual thing is the glowing yellow blotches of ooze that are slowly moving around a little bit, like very slowly, just kind of like existing. And as you uh, look to examine one a little bit, you see that it, it kind of shudders a little bit when it's looked at. It just goes, there's a little ripple that happens. And it sort of stops moving. Okay. All right. I, I, are they... Yeah. Go ahead. Are they on the floor or ceiling or just kind of all around? They're on the floor, wall, and ceiling. They're kind of okay. all around. Yeah. Okay. And looking at the dust, this place has not been occupied in a long, long while. Yeah. This place has been closed up for a while. So I'll I- turn to Stanley. What exactly was the information you were given? Well, he said that uh, he believed the guy worked at the bank, so I think we should probably investigate and see what information we can find tucked away. Hmm. Noble oozes. We are going to pass through your room. Know that we are great fighters. And this dilapidated bank is your sanctuary. I offer peace, but violence, should you wiggle unjustly. (laughs) Um, Make a performance roll, please, for your announcement. Three. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Well, so there is a reaction, but you're not quite sure how to take it. The, um, upon your loud voice booming throughout the room, they all kind of 
squiggle, like make like a little squeal, like very imperceptible, very hard. You hear. In response, like in unison from the 12 of them or so that are in the room. Their little response. It's definitely. <laughs> it's, you're not sure how to take it. They've agreed or disagreed. Well, I guess we uh, just proceed then. Hope your. Uh, proclamation of peace holds and uh, we can search unmolested here. Yeah, I will try to triangulate quadrang quadrangulate the the ceilings, the roofs, the so I never kind of walk in a straight line underneath one, across from one over okay. one. Alright, so this is a this is a skill check maybe everyone should make to see if they don't actually bump into one throughout their room. Uh, this would be, I believe, either survival or acrobatics, please. Hmm. Either you're dexterously dodging them or you're using your wits to stay away from them. 16. Okay. And 18 for Stanley. 22. Mm -hmm. Survival. Mm -hmm. Hope. Um, 19 for Hope. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so this roll will cover uh, a period of time, and I guess uh, I will make a recheck perhaps later. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so you make your way around the room examining it. It looks like a secure facility. There are some windows on the side, uh, either side of the room. They don't look damaged or broken in any way. Um, and there are, uh, like I said, there's the cage in front of you that is made of steel and metal, uh, not going to be the easiest to, to get through. And there's a door to get to the cage. On the right side, and then behind the cage, there's a door leading deeper into the bank. Oh, uh, is the is the cage holes, are they big enough to slither through? Like, a, you know? Mm, not for you guys, no. There's enough to put, like, a hand, like, a sack okay. of gold back and forth. But generally speaking, it's not uh, for, for, you know, banks get robbed. So it's not easy for anybody to pass through on the other side of the cage. Cool. Yeah, the teller's cage. All right, what's the reinforcement on this back door? Um, so you move over to the door, and there's a steel door there. Um, this one, unlike the front door made of wood, very beautiful. This is a more functional, secure door. Um, it appears, instead of having a lock to which a key belongs, there is a um, this sort of dial with various glyphs on it um, in a circle. You're not sure if that means it's a handle or what it does. All right, I'll, I'll point it out to Stanley, who's joined me over here. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a lock quite like this. I could certainly send the mage hand over to mess with it, but it doesn't look like a lock I've ever seen before. Hey, Bo, this, where Nash is standing, is that a slime on the floor or the ceiling? Floor. Okay. So there's a little yellow glowing ooze. He's uh, Nash is going to get down close and sniff it. Hmm. He's not going to taste okay. it or poke it or anything. I'm just going to see if it emits <laughs> any kind of smell or you know this uh, thing alive. Now, now, um, 
are you doing like are you trying to learn anything as a result of it? You yeah, just, just trying it? to I don't know, get a sense for do I know what this is? Have I smelled this before? Is this a part of a bigger creature? Is, yeah. Are these leavings of some creature? Like maybe I have some knowledge, some history, maybe. Okay, so you get down on all fours and take a smell. Yeah. Roll a nature check. All right, incoming. Uh, 15. Okay. Um, so as you go to you smell it, there's an inhalation of air mm-hmm. that almost takes two little strands from the ooze and sort of raises it up a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's so strong. It's so it's so um, sensitive to airflow that it sort of moves at these two little strands that go up to your nose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this. And then, you know, then but then it just drops down. It doesn't enter your nose. It just it's so strong. That these two strings go up. And then snap back down, and it makes a little <laughs> sound as a result. Oh, Lord. And um, and uh, the the aroma, um, it smells. It's pungent. You can't quite place the smell, but you've you know you've encountered oozes before. It definitely has a pretty strong like sort of aroma of how would I put this. Like maybe like dust, but also kind of like sweet candy at the same time. Oh, like grandma candy. Yeah, <laughs> like grandma but candy. also dust. Like it's dust yeah. and candy. There's a dust and candy sort of aroma a little bit. What Not if, very pungent. Very, very, very mild. Well, Nash, Nash is tempted to t- to just a little tiny taste, just a little pinky in so, there. Uh, no one's there what? to stop you. He's yeah, no one's paying attention to you. So, yeah. what exactly are you doing for taste? Um, all right. Since like, I'm already, like, kind of, are you going to take a piece of it, and, or are you just going to lick it? Well, is it goo? Is it goopy? Like, it's translucent. It, it looks like a glowing sort of a bulb of, of ooze, right? And it's mm-hmm. very small. Okay. And they almost, in a way, like look adorable, really. Like, but they they sort of glow and they they. They just kind of move around, like almost like a, when you see the move. They just move so slowly, like a snail, like just. Um, you know, like this little pulse. Is it okay, around. so it's a whole creature. It's not like. It's not a puddle, okay. but it, okay. it's it's like it's like a little ooze. Um, but yeah. It, All right, I just, would do this. I would lean over in the position I'm already in. My little arm on my neck would reach over with a finger and just tap, you know, dab it. Just kind of touch it, and then. I'd lick that finger. Okay. All right. So your little baby hand touches it <laughs> and then licks it. Uh-huh. Make a constitution saving throw, please. Okay. Oh boy. This might have been a mistake. 21. Yep. So you, you lick it and it, it sort of tastes um, a bit like candy. Yeah. Uh, but... There's this weird sort of like pulse that happens as 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 you as you lick it, like like you feel sort of like this pulling on your finger and pulling on your tongue a little bit, yeah. Um, which is sort of a weird sensation as you taste it, and it tastes a bit like you know belly button candy, kind of. Wow, that's horrible sounding. <laughs> belly button candy, gross. Something we can all relate to. Belly button candy. All right, well then I'll. I'll get up and just say, hey, uh, it tastes kind of sweet and smells that way, too, but also dusty. It's weird. I, I uh, Hope will look over at Varel and Stanley and shake her head and shrug her shoulders. She has no idea. <laughs> what are well, you I'm, doing? I'm done now. I just was We're checking it. We're trying to get through the door and you're tasting the slimes. 
Well, <laughs> I'm trying to get a better sense of what it is. That's how you do it. No. That's yeah. not what we're here for. Oh, we're not well. investigating slimes. We're here to find things <laughs> that aren't slime related. Well, all right. But the slimes, uh, as you guys are arguing, you notice that the slimes start slowly moving around the room towards Nash. Oh, shit. Well, well now we're going to learn something about them. Yeah, hold still. Let's see what we find <laughs> out. Do you hold still? They're, yeah, they're I'll, hold st- you. I'll hold still. Uh, right. You know what I might do? Hold on. Um, oh, is that worth doing? Yeah. I'm going to cast... I'm going to cast shield on myself just to be safe. Okay, so shield raises your AC, right? Yeah, so... so you're, you're aware that touching it provoked a saving throw so shield I feel like I shouldn't help you with this stuff but I'm just going to give you a friendly little tip that shield doesn't affect saving throws so well no it won't affect I don't, a I don't s- think. saving I don't think. throw but it'll raise my AC which means if something if goes attack, bad yeah, yeah, you'll, you have more defenses yeah. yeah I mean you can don't let me poo poo your ideas like definitely cast shield if you want alright I'm going to do it I'm casting it on myself so a glowing blue hue surrounds you now. I see you casting shield on yourself, Nash. You're clearly alarmed, which means you know deep down somewhere in your soul you shouldn't have done what you did. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to figure this out like the rest of us, and then I will hold very still. And it looks like you're going to get your chance, Nash. Please let us know. <laughs> Yes. Right. Describe the sensation as the, they the ooze latch is themselves to, upon your body. The, the ooze near you starts um, crawling up your leg. Okay. Like it just very slowly, very key, and it's going like no, no, it's going. I can't do the pitch. Very high pitch, like cute. Like cutely, it's like it's not not threatening. Yeah. It's just yeah, kind of like these cute sounds. As it makes the cute sounds, the rest of the oozes in the room make cute sounds, too, as they start to approach you. Okay. And um, so do you let it crawl on you? This one um, starts, it's on your I boot? Would pro- just move it on your boot. It doesn't, it doesn't provoke a saving throw. If it's not under clothes or anything, I'm, I'm okay for now. Well, this one's going to crawl up eventually, probably up your, your pants. Well, if it starts to do that, I'm probably going to brush it off. All but right, not so anything violent. Down. I'm not you reach s- your hand down to yeah. brush it off. Yeah. So roll a constitution saving <laughs> Shit. Um, that is definitely John Hurt in Alien. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the like whole cat. finds himself in the worst situation possible and is like, looks like eggs or something. Let me put my face directly over it. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm the entire cast of Prometheus, basically, is what I am. Uh, Eleven is the awesome roll that I just made. All right. So this, the pulling sensation happens again, and you hear a suction cup. And then it pops off of, pops off of your leg, and it pulls something from you. Okay. All of your intelligence. Your intelligence is now three. <laughs> what? And the blob hits the ground, and a mouth forms over top of it. He's like, hey, guys, this guy, this guy's great. I'm su- look at me. I'm smart. I'm a smart blob. <laughs> Wait a minute. So the blob is like, these are like Futurama head suckers. It's it's a symbiote. It's taking me over. 
I don't know. I've, I've never really watched Futurama, oh. so I, I can't say. But except um, it's not stuck on you. It's now by itself. Your intelligence is now three, and the blob is now talking. <laughs> hey, boys, come and get some dinner. This guy's great. These guys, uh, I'm super smart now. All of a sudden, this is beautiful. What a great thing! Oh my God, um, Pythagoras's theorem. I know what that is. <laughs> This is amazing. Wait, did Nash know Pythagoras? Uh, no way Nash knew Pythagoras. Make it initiative. Are we entering? In, if you're entering into a combat, make a combat roll. Um, uh, no, I'd still be doing this. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lock on the door. I'm, I'm dealing with this. is just Family's Nash problems. not worried about it yet. Plus, is this thing kind of sounding Nash-ish? Yeah. No, no. It's I, I was trying to do it, but I, I was trying to do like a, a, a New York like mobster kind of thing, but it's literally not. Oh yeah, Tony. Hey, we got it. Hey, look at me. I'm so here. smart over here. Over here. Yeah. Look, at, look at all the smarts I got. Pythagoras's theorem. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's that kind of thing. He's like all of a sudden talking on the ground. Wow. All right. So the one, the smart one, I've labeled smart blob. Well, there's nothing I can do right now, right? right. Well, the rest of them are all making their way towards you there. Shit. And you now have the intelligence of... So, on your character sheet, you override your intelligence to three, which is the lowest possible intelligence roll in all of D&D. So, you are now... You you still have all the other abilities you have, but you are very, very not smart now. Okay. I mean, the little creature is smart. You're like, me nice hungry. Like, that's, that's for you. Oh my gosh, great. All right, well, it may have been a bad idea to, to, to taste it. Continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet boys, come on. Or was it? I'm walking over here. Eat this guy's brains. It's great. Maybe he's got other good things, like maybe he's quick and maybe he's strong. All right, so you're not going to fight back, Nash? I mean, I want to, but am I too dumb to? Well, I'm staying roll initiative for anyone. So All right. you're the only one rolling. I'll roll initiative. initiative. Just because, unless anyone yeah. wants to join in, eighteen. Turn on the door. Don't worry about it. All right, Stanley's not in. Stanley's not in. <laughs> no one's um, in. Union looks over at you, Stanley. Says, "We should help your friend." Do you this have could be a, trouble later? Do you have a reach weapon? He's probably fine. He's, <laughs> Nash, are you okay? Me like, uh, <laughs> me like taste things. Ugh, I'll make some dumb <laughs> thing. <laughs> He's fine. He's just eating things like he usually does. He's honestly been through worse. <laughs> it's not untrue. <laughs> okay. So you rolled 18 for your initiative? Yeah, I did. Alright, so all the all the blobs move one closer to you. Wonderful. And they drop from the ceiling onto the ground. Uh, so they're now all on the ground making their way towards you. <laughs> Shit. And Smart Blob is walking away with your intelligence. So he moves over towards the... the 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 um, cage and he starts crawling up the side of the cage. It's now your turn. And I can do other abilities and things. You can do everything you can do. It's just your intelligence is three, and I don't think that's actually going to affect your spellcasting rules yet. But if your saving your intelligence saving throws are going to be absolute shit now, for example. But so if you go into your character sheet, I think you can just click on intelligence and uh-huh. just see its override score just put three in there wrong thing intelligence hold on like double click the 16 yeah and intelligence and then see where it says override score just oh i see there, there it is override yeah. score three. Oh yeah i haven't done that before okay it's a total of negative four 
Yeah. So you have negative four now to all your intelligence related roles. And oh stuff. My if Lord. that was your spellcasting ability, you'd be really screwed. Yeah, I'd be screwed. But okay. It is charisma for you, so you're, you're still okay. You still got a shot. All right. Uh, I'm going to. So what um, do you want to do? I want to. I would be panicked. I'm, so I'm going to do what the character would do. I'd be panicked with low intelligence. Yeah, I would totally do this. I w- I'm going to acid splash the four that are to my left. Okay. So uh, what's what's sort of the range on acid splash? Uh, I can tell you, it is. So it's this stuff over here that I'm pinging, and acid splash oh, one or two, is you 60 one or two creatures you see within range. Yeah, and it's sixty feet. Okay. So it's a it's a huge range. Um. But can't I get more in? And you do you, you do more damage the higher up, so it's three d six per because you're at the yeah three d six thirteenth level. So yeah. you're gonna do three d six to two yeah to the blobs. You need to do dexterity saves. Okay. On um, this, hopefully they don't have high dexterity, right? Yeah. These little blob guys. Not yet. Woman, hope not. Get a taste the Nash's dexterity next. Um. So what's the DC? Sorry that you said seventeen. Seventeen. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you miss one of the the or no? Is it half damage for? Oh, I don't know. At this level, is it? Hold yeah. On. No. No. The target must succeed or take the damage. So you miss one of them. Okay. And one of the other ones you hit with roll your damage dice for the. Uh, seven. Acid. Okay. Yep. All right. So you fire off and shoot the little blob. And the little blob goes and melts into a puddle of. Um, some other, you know, substrate, it dies. Oh, that's good. It dies. How do the other... Hey, what, what you doing over there? How Don't do... hurt my friends. How do the... Does... Listen, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you kill me, your intelligence, it's gone for... It's gone forever, you know. I'll say, well, that's why I didn't aim it at you, dude. Good. So long <laughs> as we got an understanding... <laughs> I think you These spots are now mine <laughs> and not yours. I'm smarter now, says John. That's amazing. The character actually improved. He's, he's using tactics and not just licking them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's now the blob's turn. They all move one closer to you. Yeah. Um, and these two, uh, so may, these two start to crawl onto your boot. And up your leg. Yeah. So now they're on. They're on. You have two on you. Yeah. Um, make a Constitution saving throw, please. Okay. Make two of them. Uh, ten. And an eighteen. All right. One of them fails, but the other one uh, takes all of your. Uh, let's. For it. Wait, uh, they're going to take a whole nother trait. You have the worst friends, Scott. Right. <laughs> just letting this your happen. De- your dexterity is now three. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, hold on. Override. Three. All right. Negative four there, too, as well. Sweet. All right. And now the, fact that the, now the one that took your dexterity jumps off you and speeds around the room. <laughs> and runs off. I marked him as fast blob. <laughs> runs away. That's right. You won't be good one. Fast blob. Are these guys hearing this? Like, are, yeah, are they're all standing by the door? I guess just focusing on the door. But they can the hear these little blobs yelling at me and saying how fast I am. Or how it's only going. smart blob that's talking. Fast blob just moved away really fast. From okay. Me. So now override your dexterity and make it three. I did. It's now a negative four modifier. All right. 
It's now so, and Smart Blob moves behind the the desk. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's now on the other side of the cage, and he looks like he's about to move underneath the door, like he's running away with your intelligence. <laughs> I'm gonna say, can I react to that? Or I guess I remember he warned you, he said, "Don't kill him, or you'll lose your smarts." Yeah, I'm in. Since we're in turn order, can I yell a thing to my teammates? Yeah, or, yeah, you okay. Can, yeah, you can free action it up and yell. I'm gonna go. Don't let that goo go. He has my brain. <laughs> and I'll point. I'll point in the direction of the goo. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Very good. Um, it's your turn. You can fight them. Try and figure out your way. Can out of the Stanley problem. decide to help bail out Nash? Can I th- roll initiative and decide to enter it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to roll initiative? Uh, yeah. Let's hope help. we'll come in too. Twenty three. Roll your initiatives. Twenty three is pretty good. Okay, eight. so yeah, eight for Varel. Hope. Twelve looks like. Twelve. Okay. All right, oh, rolling so, the dice is challenging. Sorry, at 12, yeah. All right, so the smart blobs moved over to the other side of the cage, and he's the one last to act. You guys are deciding to enter the fray. You will enter at the top of the turn order, so whoever, sorry, who got the 23? John did. Stanley, right? uh, I did, yeah. yeah. Stanley, go go for it. Uh, so St- Stanley's going to turn around and just with a resigned sigh go, okay, and just aim his hand and he's going to fire uh, Eldritch Blast at three different slimes and I'm going to use my critical damage dice uh, whatever it's called what's it oh, called? You're use glorious damage token. glorious damage yeah so you do max damage Let's oh that's right ma- you have to use it in your next combat right yeah one of you do, someone else has it doesn't hope have one I think hope or has it do? as well yeah. yeah so somebody has to use it in this combat you so is it God for making you burn it <laughs> Is it max damage or is it max damage as if it was a critical hit? So am I doubling it at max damage or am I just doing max damage per hit? Oh, that's a good question. I just had it as max damage, not crit. You'd have to roll a crit to still get the crit. If if you roll a crit, you get crit max damage. Let's say it that way. We're inventing it as we go. So we're we're still rolling to hit. Uh, So, okay. So first blast towards... uh, Uh, Keep in mind, you can cast it after the roll, not before. Oh, okay. It's not like a lose it kind of thing because it's inspiration. Like you, you deserve getting the result of this, so you can declare it after a roll, not before. All right. So first blast is to this the smart one, and that's sure a twenty-eight that? to hit. Whoa. Okay. Well, do yeah. I believe that it's going to erase his? That's his your choice. I, it's not information a DM can tell you. But, like but, I. He says you'll lose it forever if you kill him. That's what he said. No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. That's what the blob says. <laughs> that's a Stanley, Stanley that blob disagrees with that blob. <laughs> uh, okay, so 28, does that hit? Uh, yeah, that's a hit. All right, so with my glory... These are not incredibly challenging targets by, by any stretch. There's so with my glory's damage, that's 10 for the first blast, developer's blast. Okay. Yeah. Does it kill it, or is he still? Oh yeah, killed? it dissipates. He goes, he goes. No, what a world! And then, and then, uh, dis- like you fry it out of existence. It's mist. Next, we'll target Speedy over here. Okay. That's darting around. <laughs> yeah. Yes, by all means, kill all the ones that have my traits. 
It's a 26 to hit. Yep, you got it. Okay, it's gone. Uh, and I'll, then... I'll remove them, yeah. And then we'll target uh, this one, the one closest to everybody else. Okay. With a 17 to hit. Okay, perfect. It and hits. another 10 and yeah. wipe him out. All right. So next it's the blobs. And the blobs, you hear this little... And they move one away from Nash in all the directions. Because <laughs> they're moving speed slow. Um, Nash, it's your turn. Great. Um, let's. <laughs> all right. Oh, how do I want to do that? Your intelligence is still three and your dexterity is still. Three, so my intelligence right? guy's dead. Dexterity guy's dead. Yep. Um, the two within range of the right of me. I will do another acid splash. Okay. That sounds like you're doing a drug. I will do another splash. Yeah, I have another splash of acid. Uh, 17 is the dex saving throws oh, you need I to gotta make. Do, I got, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Do them. Uh, okay, both failures. Okay, good. So here comes here comes the pain. First is 10. Mm-hmm. And the second guy, 12. All right. So you <laughs> melt them out of existence. The one is on your right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Should be three left. And they melt, and I'll go. There's all these, there's all these spots of burn spots and melt spots where you guys have stamped out the the uses. Okay, um, yeah, I'll I'll look derpy as I do it, and then that's my turn. Okay, um, hope. Um, hope will walk down to the one closest to the door they walked into and mm-hmm. stab it. Okay. All right, make an attack roll, please. Okay, there we go. Uh, Twenty-six to hit, and then eleven damage. All right. I'm sorry. What did what are you stab? I just to make sure. I need to know the weapon you're stabbing it with. The plus two the, dagger. It's a magic dagger. Okay, perfect. Because I was gonna say a regular dagger is not going to affect it. Um, yeah. So you, you 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 stab it, and it sort of struggles, and pops like a bubble, splashes all around you. Like you have to, you have to go like, Whoa, you know, just to make sure it doesn't get any on you. You kill it. And that's her turn. All right. Varel. I would like to use the Eye of Grosjil on one of the ones still alive as a bonus action oh. to determine a, I know this is going to be like resistances or vulnerabilities, properties about it, but just some information mm-hmm. on it. Sure thing. All right. So is there, remind me, is there a, um, um, a role associated with it? I don't think so, right? No, it's just a bonus action to learn one of their vulnerability types, if any. Sure. All right. So let me just take a... Sorry. One second, please. The information. My find field. Keep spelling it. There we go. Sorry. All right. Um... All right, so you want to learn a vulnerability. Um, it actually doesn't have vulnerabilities, but I can tell you it can, immunities are, it is immune to um, uh, slashing damage. 
Okay. Yeah. And as my main action, I would like to do a perception check to see if old Smarty here left anything in, anything behind as his destruction happened. Perception roll? Okay, yeah. sure. You, want, uh, you, you can't really get close to him. He's behind the cage, which is behind a locked door. He, he, right, he, okay. oozed, he oozed through the teller cage. Right, I'm okay looking from where I'm standing. Oh, okay, perfectly. Go ahead. Oh, I got a one. Great. <laughs> you break your eye. It falls out of your head. Great. Um, no, no, you, all you see is a mark where it was zapped by Stanley through the cage. It looks like it's evaporated and pretty much particulate. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, Stanley, back around to you. Alright, Stanley will target the two remaining and do another Eldritch Blast. Looking kind of bored of the whole what's, thing. What, what's the damage type on, on the... Um, Eldritch Blast? Force damage. It's force per. Okay. I almost messed up an immunity. Because <laughs> so, it's it feels lightning-y. It does, That's a big hint, good. but whatever. It's the combat. The encounter's over. Um, roll your attack rolls. to hit on the yeah. first one. Okay. And that's six points of damage. Yeah. Did it kill it? Yes. All right. 27 to hit on the next one. Yeah. Four points of damage. Uh, you kind of grazed it. So you hit it, and it sort of splits into two a little bit, and it looks like a Pac-Man shape as it crawls away. 15 to hit on the uh, third blast to that one. Yeah, the same, it's a third different target, right? Uh, I can, basically, I fire three blasts, so, and it can go to different targets, so so finish it off. Oh, finish it off. Eight points of damage. All right, there's one remaining. Or no, sorry, Hope killed that one. Yeah. Uh, the room is clear of, of jelly. There's all these marks now uh, where things have been popped or exploded all over the room. Uh, Nash, uh, um, since we're getting close to the end of the session, at the end of the battle, as the smoke clears and the battle against these dangerous blobs ends, Nash turns to the party and says, Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay. yeah, we're, we're going to close out the show, so you get the dramatic last line of the show. Oh, great. In the state I'm in, I still don't have my stats, right? This didn't yeah, come flooding back. You have three, and you have a uh, intelligence of three. Stanley has not been paying great attention to you, so he just goes, Nash, what are you doing? Stop screwing around. I'll say, um, I'll say, blob, <laughs> blob took brain, me! And I'll ding, point, ding, ding. I'll, I'll point at where the one died. Yeah. And the, the end credits come up, you know, produced by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh, what a great cliffhanger. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the end of this week's That's episode. amazing. What an amazing ending to that. That's really good. All right. Uh, I got to collect my thoughts now. That was that was freaking amazing. All right. So next week, if you want to find out. It won't out, take long. Does Nash get his brain back? You'll have to tune in to find out and uh, see how dumb my choice to taste a thing was. So find out next week on There Will Be Dungeons as we pick up right where we were before. In the meantime, if you like what we're doing here, and I know many of you do, then do the right thing. Well, not you know, it's not that it's the wrong thing to not do, but you know, we'd love it if you went over there and supported us at therewillbedungeons.com. There's a link right there to our support system, and you can you know throw us a couple extra bucks a month and uh, help us do what we do. That would be awesome. That's therewillbedungeons.com, where you can find everything else you might need for the show as well, and uh, we encourage it. So get out there, make that happen, and become a bigger and brighter part of the show. 
that is going to do it for us. Thanks for joining us, for me, for Bo, for Christian. Christian? Kristen. You're not Christian. I mean, you might be. I don't know. Kristen. Oh, well, Nash lost his brain. What do you expect? <laughs> it's only Nash. It's only Nash that is intelligent. Yeah, you don't have you. to role play it. Yeah, I guess we're not. We're done with role play. Okay. Uh, and then also Kyle. I don't want to forget his name. That'll do it for us. And we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Blob took brain. Me.